You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Same corner, same time. Daniel! Nicholas, what's up? There's a uh, there's a zest and a zeal in your voice today, Corey. A zest, a lot of zeal. Hmm. A lot of zest, a, little, a lot of a zeal. Shoulder, a little shoulder shaking going on shimmy, over there. Might that do an icky shuffle or two. Show my age with that one. We're gonna spend. I uh, I learned that from uh, Reed L. Anthony how to do the egg shuffle on the uh, the old ladder drills. I'm sure he would uh, admit that I wasn't the prettiest, but uh, that's where I first learned it from. I can see your icky shuffle being better than your ladder drill for sure, man. You're dancing. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, but uh, obviously, we'll get into the news of Mike White uh, leaving Gainesville and heading north to Athens a little bit later uh, in yes, the show. Sir, a round of applause right here, Cam. But we we've got a uh, we've obviously got a lot of excitement on our end. Uh, I think you know after the Gators did get bounced and the I guess what's considered the second round their first game of the SEC tournament against Texas A and M, uh, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Not just because of that game, but just because of the overall apathy uh, within the program. But Mike White does leave the University of Florida on Sunday uh, to head up to Athens. But we'll get more into that in the show. Nick, how was your weekend, my friend? Excited, man. Um, same. It's baseball season, so my weekend was the same. Um, actually, you, Friday. You didn't night, get a chance to celebrate the Mike White, the Mike White uh, exit. No, I wrote the story though. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, Friday night we got canceled. All work so play. Friday night got canceled. Um, I made a, I made a smart smart life choice on Friday. Um, me and the baseball SID, uh, we spend a lot of time together during baseball season because you're at a baseball game anywhere from like three to five hours. Mm. Um, Friday, the game gets postponed because of rain. He's like, hey, do you want to go to Swamp Head and grab some beers? I'm like, that sounds awesome. Rare mm-hmm. Friday night off. And then I thought, right. hey, you've been with a girl for three years. You live with her. Hmm. You have a rare Friday night off. Maybe you should go home and suggest dinner. Hmm. So I did, I did the latter. I did that. Uh, I think that was a good life choice for me. Hmm. Um, <laughs> he, went home to his, he went home to his fiance. So I had a nice... Uh, Spark dinner on Friday, and uh, did two games Saturday. And did you say one Spark? Sunday. That's a bad spark. move. He did it, and then he talked about it uh, on the show. So it's like, yeah. you know. And then Sunday went to the baseball field. Halo potato donuts is at the baseball field. Grabbed mm-hmm. six donuts. Might as well have been brownies because I brought those home for points on Sunday. Halo Potato, is that like a food truck? or Halo Potato, it started as a food truck here in Gainesville, support local business. Um, they well, make, shout out to them boys. Next time it's going cost them, Nick. Yeah. Next we're time, more yeah, free advertising, yeah. My bad. Um, we're supporting local. Um, but they are potato-based donuts instead of yeast-based donuts. Hmm. How do they taste? I think it's a northern thing, but they're good. They're good. They're a little more dense than like a cake. Mm-hmm. I don't like the dense ones. Uh, I had those ominous donuts that they had at Strawberry Festival, and ever since then, boy, there's nothing, uh, nothing, nothing close to it, man. I'm a good, I'm a Jupiter donut guy here in, in Palm Beach County. Mm-hmm. Those are fire, but I'm, I'm I've heard donuts. of that. Never had those, but heard of those. Yeah, you definitely oh, need to swing by the next time you're down there. 
Yeah, they got know, a bunch of locations stuff. now. I think they're outside of just Jupiter and West Palm now. I think they got some yeah. in Broward, maybe. Yeah, they're spreading out a little bit. Pause. Um, so speaking of which, Silk, I made it over to the Strawberry Festival on uh, Thursday. Uh, Brooks' dad's in town from uh, Pennsylvania, so giving him the whirlwind tour of the greater Tampa Bay area, swung over, uh, but did not get an Amish donut, which was a rookie mistake because I said in the car that oh, my, my one my one goal was to get an Amish donut. And I, I left unaccomplished. I, I left as a failure, so I'll have to go back next year. And get the only reason I'm considering going is because of those donuts. And maybe a sh- strawberry shortcake here or there. But <laughs> that, them donuts fire. If you haven't been out there and had one of Amish donuts, man, you haven't, you haven't lived life yet. Yeah, they're also at the Florida State Fair. So I did that a couple weeks ago, and I, I had one there. But uh, you're trying to lose a little bit of weight, trying Where's to get this body. Tampa? What? State Fair. State Fair's in Tampa, yeah. We have a Florida State Fair down here too. I guess it just travels, right? Yeah, I, I think that this is the Florida State Fair, but I don't know. No, 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 no. Oh no, yeah. I was South Florida Fair. You're correct. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll take that back. Uh, this is the Florida Fair, uh, South Florida Fair. It's about a long time so since I went to uh, the South Florida Fair, but um, but yeah, no, that was fun. Uh, we had a, a massive cold front come through uh, Tampa, so it was bitterly cold yesterday. I think I think it was about forty degrees when I woke up in the morning. Mm. So other than yeah. that, had a big um, uh, what a St. Patrick's Day uh, event on Sunday at Curtis Hickson Park, which is the downtown park Day here. You uh, ran so, on the boat, so right. I, I lied to the internet, Nick. Um, I took that oh. photo a week ago. Um, oh. They were testing. They were testing the water. Um, to, to just make sure that everything worked and, and how they were going to do it. So since I was there while they were testing, I was like, you know what? This would make a great Instagram photo. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it did, but I just did not take it. Uh, so I did say pre-festival ride. It was just about 168 hours before um, the actual festival. So my apologies for lying on the internet. Uh, I won't be the first or the last Daniel time. Kardashian out here just flexing and lying on these Instagram streets. Trying to do some clout. Oof, my goodness. I'll tell you what, admission. As a wash man in, in the game, clout chasing. That's crazy, Dan. That's, That's nuts, nice, isn't it? Wash man. That's- and then he comes and takes a plea. He he offered himself a plea. Yep. Yeah, it's it. nasty work, man. Yeah. I, I couldn't I, I, I couldn't go to my grave with that lie. Um, <laughs> not out there for the universe to know. Barely made it 48 hours before getting off your chest. Yeah, I, I did. I just, yeah, I'm about 36. But uh, I need to tell you guys about this band. So, uh, there was a band, an Irish band that I guess is here in Tampa. I'd never heard of them, but their their name is Patty, like for like Irish, Patty O Furniture. Which, in my opinion, maybe one of the greatest band names of all time. Okay, hmm. how about this? Next week we all come with a band name. Mm. Your your band. Okay, I like that idea. Silk, what'd you get into this weekend? Um, that is a cool band name, by the way. I appreciate that. Nick Nick's on the fence. You can see it in his eyes. No, like I like band names or group names that make you just gotta figure out like what the hell going on to make them pick that name. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, um I, I went to this weekend, usually it's all work, 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 but I got to uh, take my son to to his first track meet of this season. He hasn't been to a track meet since pre-pandemic. Oh wow. This is, this is his first track meet. Um it was at Apaca. Enjoy the city. Uh, he ran well, had a good time. Wish he would have listened to me a little bit more, but adrenaline got the best of him in the 400. But overall, man, the kid, he did he did his thing, had a good time. I like the city of Apaca. I was telling y'all pre-show, uh, different, 
I'm from South Florida, I'm from Belgley originally. So I like that small town, um, not too big city country type feel. So I, I like a park. I like Seminole County area, uh, a lot, a lot of the area. Just, just traveling around and and commuting a little bit, being nosy. Um, but also, we were just talking too. I got to look at Tampa area. Just Pop is a nice area. Um, I know hard. Good football, you know. You know, I got to take in consideration the football <laughs> programs wherever I move, bro. As so. as a good father should. Right. He's got a future star on his hands now. I was going to say, Apopka, they play some good baseball there, too, even though that's no, no longer the sport of choice. Yeah, you're going to keep pushing this agenda, huh, Nate? Listen, I'm just looking out for your well-being in I your, can't your even later years. The track travel sounds crazy to me. To, to, to do baseball travel? Baseball is travel that- is very similar to track travel because baseball season lasts about 11 and a half months. Mm. We're not participating in all the travel. We're gonna do it maybe like <laughs> what what any track meets north of Orlando, we're not making it. Nick's, <laughs> Nick's gonna so, be your son's handler. Barely made a possible. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying, I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be the bag man here. I got you, man. If y'all need somebody to steal bases or do some Dion shit, man. We got I got the guy for you. But we, <laughs> we cannot do baseball travels in AAU. That's a different world, man. I can't afford to keep up. I just get to some stadium, Miguel. Yeah, talk, let, man. Let's, hey. do, let's do it. Uh, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friend Alan Horn. Uh, visit him at alanhorninsurance.com. If you are looking for any sort of insurance, whether it be auto, home, life, renters, boat, business, retirement planning, whatever the case might be, visit him, alanhorninsurance.com, or give him a call at 706 692 2888. Or visit him on Instagram and Twitter at SF Agent Alan H or on Facebook at Alan Horn hyphen State Farm Agent. If you are in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, please give Alan Horn in, uh, Insurance a visit at alanhorninsurance.com. Uh, obviously, the big news of the week was Mike White. We're going to save that for a little bit later in the show when we bring on Eric Fawcett to talk basketball, but on the other side of the coin, uh, Gators football does start tomorrow with spring practice. Uh, I know there's availability at five 45, Nick. So what time does practice start? Probably around three or so. Um, practice starts around four tomorrow. Okay. Let me pull this email up. Cause it was supposed to start earlier and we got, we got pushed back. Uh, we got pushed back today. Um, so practice on Tuesday, uh, our viewing period starts around 4.15, um, so practice starts around 4. And again, we're going to get uh, – we were told we're going to get 15 minutes of every practice, even in the fall. Um, but as I've said before, um, when people are like, why aren't you guys reporting on more in the spring or more in the fall? And like 15 minutes includes warming up and then hmm. individual periods. So – when you start you seeing see who's got the loosest hamstrings, when, when you start seeing you know these stories about so and so's breaking out, unless they're saying you know sources that I've talked to, um, it's not from what we're seeing. So, hmm. uh, and I read off like a list of I I, I can't read it publicly, uh, that'll get me in trouble. But I read off a list of like reporting guidelines to Silk. Um, yeah. That was nuts, man. Send it to me. I'll send hey, it. I'll report out I don't know what they're gonna report. They just going out there just to like look at the kids, man. Um, I mean, I'm good. Hi, I'll smile be... at them. <laughs> hey, see some familiar from familiar yeah, faces. Uh, I, think, and whatnot. I think it'll take it'll probably take me four or five practices, but you you can't hide like who's getting run. You know what I mean? Like I should be able to tell 
um, depth chart. doing this doing this for 10 years, I should be able to tell like what an early depth chart's looking like. So I think mm. that'll be, you know, I obviously can't report on um formations and plays and scheme and stuff like that. Um, you know, we'll have to try to figure out ways how we're gonna report on the team. Um, because it, it's a whole new coaching staff, whole new set of rules. What do you mean you but, can't report on the scheme though? Like that's very important in like for the like oh the, oh the live yeah. streams too that that we used to be able to have we like no more live streaming. Do you mean the one that was filmed on an Android from like 2004? No, no, poor. I, I feel bad Definitely for your had girl. Had a home button on the iPhone. <laughs> I feel bad for your girl because they, they wanted to like push some socials for Florida, hmm. but then you're told, "Hey, you stand on this X that we put duct tape down on the turf, and you don't move." And you're like, hmm. "All right, well." I got an iPhone with a home button, and you're 600 yards away. What am I supposed to film? Hmm. Right, here's my thing. I'm not mad at uh, the the lack of access, especially in installation, because it's fairly early. So I'm not gonna bicker about. But eventually, I think uh, this has to open up some. Uh, we we saw Dan Mullen keep a lot of things closed somewhat. I'm not saying completely, but if you, it's okay if it's closed if you're winning. But if things mm -hmm. are closed and they're struggling and things of that nature, it's gonna just boil up within the fan base. I'm just that's how this fan base is. We like he can have his uh rule set in place now how he wanna run things, but if this thing starts struggling, we have no access to practice and, and it's kind of limited what y'all report. Things I've seen weird. it now with, with three different coaches. When teams start to struggle, that's when the bunker mentality happens. That's right. when when negativity starts happening outside, that's when the team just kind of like closes right. in everything gets closed off and it's a you see what the, you see the crap they're talking about you that's a report and that has happened crap, with every coach like, crap and they and they us just against insulate. us against the fan base shit like it has happened with every how's that working out for him and never wins out I, did it did this start with like nick saban because like i remember when i was in school i mean practices were not all of them were open but a lot of them were open under urban media. meyer right. like just posting clips and stuff yeah Competition-wise, well, it's, it's a it's a it's, it could be a lot. Um, but these kids themselves, like this is what this is what's going to be funny because a lot of these kids post the practice stuff. Mm -hmm. So I want to see like how 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 he police that because we're gonna get some some scheme and some formation stuff from these uh, practice all Americans that want to get their highlights off. Some coaches and um, watch the IG uh, stories, man. They're all there. Yeah, Dan Mullen opened up everything his first spring, and that's. I think the first spring is a good way to start it because no one other than like Kirby smart right now, every other coach that's O and O is the most popular coach in the country. Mm -hmm. You're the most popular coach until you lose the game. So right now, Billy Napier has got the entire fan base behind him. Um, and it's easy to open up stuff and Hey fans, you can come out uh, to these seven of our seven of our 15 practices. Mm -hmm. And that's another way just to see he gets it. The last coach had shut everyone out and he's letting us in. But you forget, like Dan Mullen, we sat out there watching three hours of some duty practices in the spring his for his first camp. And there's nothing mm -hmm. going on. Um, so it's interesting. I, I am I mean I am interested because this is what Saban does. And um right now in the it. spring, right now in the spring, we'll see 15 minutes of practice, but then we'll talk to all the coaches. Here's an, here's the thing that's gonna change. There's going to be only Billy Napier will be the only one other than players talking to the media during mm -hmm. uh, during the fall, um, and that's because it's a Nick Saban thing, and it's there's going to be one voice, one message coming out, and that's going to be from the head coach. Um, 
and and that's something he he took from Saban. So it's funny that you mentioned mm-hmm. Saban because like th- these practice, um, these practice reporting guidelines are exactly the same that they get in Tuscaloosa. It's amazing to me that NFL teams can win consistently with having open <laughs> practices to fans like every day. Um, open and practice. Having to do injury reports, who, right. who, who practiced on Tuesday. That's, and it's incredible to games. me that they're even able to field a team week after week with the uh, the amount of uh, uh, clarity the that of, they provide. I, I don't know. I, codes that they link throughout the I, week by allowing people in. I, I can I can understand having some closed practices. I can understand closing it during the week, but you know during game weeks and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, I mean, you do this for the university, but you also do this for the fans. Um, I think that it's a gesture of goodwill to to open it and for to allow it yeah, to be open. Not the entire, of course, not the entire spring, but like or, or or fall camp. But some of it, I I just think it's just good for like uh, competition and everything else. Um, I'm just glad, of the fan base, yeah. Some things. Yeah, I'm agree. just glad that um that you guys are kind of agreeing with this because I almost never say it publicly because I I feel like spoiled reporter who gets more access than like a, a general mm-hmm. fan complaining about not getting access. Um, but I think it, it's something Mike White did when he first got here, he brought us in and we weren't allowed to um, report on any of it, but he showed us his game film. Mm-hmm. This is what we want to do on offense. This is what we want to do on defense. Here are the mm-hmm. kind of players we want. This is who we're going to be targeting and recruiting. And it was just, it, I want you guys to be as educated as possible when reporting on our team. So you're not saying nonsense. People are reading it and then building a narrative that isn't true. Um, Well, I mean, I think that that's very true considering, and this is no offense, this isn't directed at you or anybody in particular, but considering that even if you've covered the sport for a long time, there's still a lot of nuances to try to understand, right? Like when you talk about people missing, you know, where they're supposed to be or missing their assignment or, you know, not being in the right place at the right time, maybe that's a schematic thing that, you know, as you report on it, you then can share that with, with other folks. It just seems to yeah. me like we've, we've taken away the educational component and piece of it. And we've turned it into this like very insular, you know, viewing, right. Or isolated view of, of what you see. You don't build a lot of goodwill with fans. Yes. Billy Napier has, you know, a lot of goodwill with fans right now. Cause he has a staff, you know, that probably doubled the size of Gainesville when they all moved there. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you still have isolated a group, you know, from the fans and and from maybe truly understanding what they're watching. I think there's like Silk said, there's a there's a, a competitive point to it as well. Because mm-hmm. I remember oh, no. when Chauncey Gardner was here, I posted a rep and he got beat. It was a blocking drill. It was like the circle drill that Mullen would do. And Chauncey got like pancaked and I posted it. And I, and I wasn't talking trash about him. It was like so-and-so versus Gardner. And I can't remember who the player was. And then the next day we're out of practice and Gardner flattened somebody and he comes up. He's like, Nick, make sure you put that on Twitter. And I'm like, bro, I got you. I got, I got the video. Um, and like, I don't think he was mad at me or anything, but it, it was kind of like a, oh, I got my ass shown on Twitter yesterday. Now I had a good rep. Make sure that one's on. And, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like guys that guys that are competing at this level, like that's the pettiness of like the Michael Jordan. And I took that personally. Um, and, and maybe that's not a huge deal. Um, just an instance that happened to me personally where I'm like, oh, okay, these guys are watching what's happening. And and it it was in his mind before he took a rep. Right, at practice. Right. Also, just in that that's one aspect, but also the aspect of uh, like the the Kyle Trask, Felipe Franks thing. Like there were so many fans that, or so many players around the program. Uh, 
Shout out to my man Spence, one of the guys. He's one of the guys that was around the team. He he, he said for years that like, Kyle's out performing. Uh, and this is our group chat. He just always added him in about Kyle outperforming uh, Felipe in practice on a regular basis. Uh, you imagine if we could see those scrimmages, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we could see those practicing those reps, uh, the fans going to be like, yo, what the hell going on? Like, clearly this kid's better. But the, 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 you kind of could, could live off of seniority and play the seniority game if you got things kind of covered in here because, um, yeah, the fans are dumb because we ain't got no information. Uh, mm-hmm. All we can see is the games and be like, oh, maybe somebody's behind him better, but uh, we don't get to see the practices. So I think some of the practices and some of the scrimmages just need to be open from, from that, like competition and fan morale. Um, shout out to Spence. If I can go back in, in the DMs on Twitter, <laughs> me and Spence were on the uh, the conductors of the trash train. For sure. Early on. Early mm. on. That was it, it was, shout out to Apple Verde, too. Like, man, I mean, Apple Verde came to my crib one time. Um, it was This was like uh, early in. I was right after the McElwain switch. And yeah. I remember us sitting in here and him like hot, like hyping trash. And I was like, yeah, I ain't, I ain't buying it, bro. Um, but everybody that was that got any access clearly seen that, nah, this kid probably is better. He's more proficient in practice, more accurate, move the chains better. Uh, and then we got to see it later, unfortunately. Fortunately, yeah, unfortunately, a little bit. Yeah, so we've got uh, we got spring practice that's, that starts tomorrow. They did announce the Gators Pro Day will be on March 28th. Uh, it's going to stream on ESPN+. Plus. Nick, I presume that'll be open to, to all media as well, to fans. What are the details? Um, definitely not to fans because they'll yeah. do that in the IPF. Unless they announce – did they announce that it would be in the stadium? Uh, it's typically in the IPF. You're going to get some faster 40 times on turf than, yeah. than grass. Yeah, it doesn't um, look like they and, announced where it would be. There's just not enough room for media fans and all the NFL scouts in the IPF. Um, You would have to like have the garage doors open and have fans Mm -hmm. standing outside on the grass, but then you're going to have the kickers and punters going out there. It's just, it it would be a mess to allow fans in there. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly thinking I'm going to, I'm going to see more watching on ESPN plus, but then you, you know, you're going to want to be there to get interviews after. So uh, we might send, so it might send Alba Verde to be there live and, and, and have me watching ESPN Plus or split it up so for our coverage. But uh, I think you'll probably see more. And then it's not a really good situation for us because we get shoved off to the side watching. And you've got, you know, Chris Doring or whoever is doing it actually like walking around and hearing times. So it might be even better to watch on ESPN Plus than, than to be there mm-hmm. live. Yeah, let's run through a list real quick of who's going to be there. Uh, Kyer Elam, Zach Carter, Damian Pierce, Gene DeLance, Malik Davis. Those are probably the biggest names uh, that you can uh, expect to hear. Uh, LeCedric Brunson. Gene DeLance can make himself some money. I think he yeah. will. Yeah, he, made, he had a good uh, senior bowl he was in. He performed pretty well, had some good uh, reviews and whatnot. Uh, if, he, if he lifts well – he probably could sneak into the draft if he lifts and perform well at a pro day. Yeah, he. I mean, he didn't have a terrible season. I know he was easy to kind of point out. Um, you know, he definitely improved from from last season to this. You know, the season prior to this one to to this one. So, you know, I still don't think that he'll be drafted, but I do think that he'll have a favorable, you know, shot to at least you know try to make a roster, maybe a practice roster. But, but he definitely. This is, this is my Marco Wilson uh, fling. Yeah. Yeah. And none of us um, thought he would last year, so I'm just my, my, my one. 
Let's see. What else do we, who else do we have? Cedric Brunson will be there. Uh, Jace Chrisman, uh, the kicker will also be there. Daquan Newkirk, uh, Stuart Reese, uh, a walk on Nicholas Sutton, uh, Tyrone Truesdale, Antonio Valentino, and then Kyrie Campbell and Brett Diorgordo, uh, who's a, a former long snapper, uh, will be returning to campus to participate uh, in that pro day uh, as well. Uh, so be on the lookout for uh, for them. Uh, but uh, Ali is is Ali Gardner, former uh, UF softball player, is going to be joining us shortly, having a couple technical difficulties. So let's get into this right now, Nick. With practice starting, uh, what position groups are you most excited to watch? How they play out? I think um, obviously everyone wants to know about quarterback uh, with with Jack Miller. Um, to me. I'm not super interested in that. I think if I think it's Anthony Richardson's team, and I don't know how much he'll be able to do um, in the spring, but I think it's his his team and his job to lose. I'm interested to see how running back shakes out. I think Montrell Johnson, in my mind at least, before I see him, probably has the leg up on the other guys, even though they've yeah. been at Florida and, and that they're older. Um, he he ran for almost a thousand yards as a freshman um, mm-hmm. in this system, so I think he's got a leg up. Um, who plays cornerback on the other side of Jason Marshall? Um, safety. Who do, got- you, who do you have, Nick, playing on the other side? You have Kimber, you, the, the transfer from, from Georgia. You have Jaden Hill. You have a number of, of names of, of kids that, that have the chance. Who do you have taken that second spot? Yeah, I wrote about it on, um, on, on three on Gators Online. I think Jalen Kimber was probably on pace to start for a national champion, Georgia, yep. before a shoulder uh, injury derails his season. Um, I think it'll be him. Um, I'm interested to see Jaden Hill come back from, from his knee injury. Um, we were all talking high about Jaden Hill. I think maybe even Silk and I probably with a little caution. Dan with a yeah, little caution. pumping his tires. <clears throat> um, and, and then Avery Helm. I, I, you know, I, all I hear about and know is that Avery Helm's one of like, the, the most physically impressive uh, players on the team in terms of in terms of what he can do running jumping things like that um, and then I think linebacker uh, mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing right now one two in, in the middle is Ventro Miller naturally but then Dewan Black and I had questions about Dewan Black third third coaching staff in three years third different position in three years um, didn't know the playbook that well last year and now you've got a whole new playbook to learn, and, and you're playing Mike. So um, I was encouraged to hear that uh, from a staffer about Dewan. So what? how do you shake out in the middle of there? So I think those are some – there's, there's going to be a, a ton of questions, though, because it's a whole new scheme and system. I, I'm, I think I might be more interested to see Patrick Tony's defense and what it looks like yeah. um, more than any individual player. To be honest, speaking of Patrick Tony, we, we forgot to give him a shout out early on in the show. Uh, happy 32nd birthday. So, if you want to feel old, Legit. Defensive, yeah. defensive coordinator at the University of Florida, 32 years old. So, happy birthday Legit. to uh, Patrick Tony. Um, getting it. Silk, I know Nick mentioned uh, quarterback a little bit, didn't you know, kind of glossed over it. Uh, mentioned linebacker, mentioned cornerback. What, what position groups are you most interested in following? Oh, definitely cornerback. Um, all the names that Nick said, but I'm gonna throw the I'm gonna throw the freshman that got on campus early in Rolly, man. I like him to have a stab at starting as well. We'll see how it goes because I know what it could be for freshmen. But uh, getting on spring, uh, he's on campus now. Devin Moore, correct? Uh, we got him late in the cycle, flipped over from yep. Notre Dame. 
uh, had an incredible week at, at the All-Star Games, uh, really performed very well in the in the All-Star Game, uh, as well as in practices. A kid, I think, it just just brought, like, I like I like Jalen Kimber, but I think he's on the slider side. I think mm-hmm. um, he's smaller and, and comparable, like, physical-wise. Uh, I don't think those guys have a, a heads-up. Jaden Hill, all of those guys don't do not have a heads-up uh, or an advantage, size advantage of the true freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I um, think skill wise, he's he's up he's up there. He can play right away, and he's very he's more physical than I think those guys right now at like the point of attack and a lot mm-hmm. of things he want to do uh, in the NCC. So uh, Devin Moore, I throw him in the mix. I'm interested to see how he played this spring. One interesting note on the roster: they kind of they definitely changed the roster up in terms of like positions. I mean, mm-hmm. Mullen's rosters had like 75 people listed just as athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has guys at you know uh, actual positions. Inside linebacker, outside linebacker, yeah, actual positions. Um, and a couple that stuck out to me were um, corners that are now listed as safety, and that's Trevez mm-hmm. Johnson, who was the star last year, um, Kamar Wilcoxon, and Jadarius Perkins, all listed as safety. And um, we had a hmm. former Cornell football player transfer to Baylor break down Tony's defense, and it's a ton of – it's basically a base, like, three, four nickel – um, but he plays a lot of defensive backs. So I think you're going to get a dime. Um, they call, they have a position they call a creeper. Um, I think we used to call it Rover when mm. we were playing. And, and that's kind of like getting another safety. So those three guys that I just named, I think were cornerbacks and you probably think of them as corners, even though they're listed as safety. I think that's kind of a, you know, the, the playing like a Rover position. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see where these guys are fitting in, in Patrick Tony's defense. And, and another thing I was told is that, Yes, the coaches have watched film to get an idea of what the guys are, but everyone everyone started with a clean slate. So right now you're starting, and what you're playing as when spring starts is the effort that you've put in during phase one and phase two. So, like, seniority is not a thing. Now, they, yeah. it might be that they think Trey Dean's the best safety, and he starts, but it's not going to be because Trey Dean's a you know, fifth-year senior. I got gotcha. you. Um, Nick Silk, let's pause this conversation real quick. We've got Allie Gardner uh, that's going to be joining us shortly. Before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code STADIUM and Gail. Get 15% off of your order. Uh, a lot of great stuff dropping for March Madness. A lot of UF stuff still there. Uh, maybe you have a friend, family member, co-worker, uh, whoever the case may be that is looking for uh, a college or university t-shirt uh, that is the most comfortable and uh, retro gear that is out there. So visit homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale gets you 15% off of your order. And without further further ado, geez Louise, we have Allie Gardner joining us for the first time. Allie, it is a pleasure to have you on and to see you again after, I don't know, 12 years or so. Yeah, thanks for having me guys. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, if you don't know, Allie was a, a first team All-America uh, player, I think, listed by every publication that talks about softball uh, in America. She was a part of bringing the Florida Gators softball team uh, to the Women's College World Series as well. She was also an SEC academic All-American or honor roll member uh, multiple times as well. Um, what is it? Is it is it Wackabuck, New York? <laughs> Close. Wakabuck, and believe it or not, guess who else lived and was from Wakabuck? Hmm. Mr. Kubitz, the original. Mr. George Edmonds, wow. How crazy is that? I remember by the end of his day, he couldn't remember his name, but he remembered the girl from Wakabuck. 
which was great. I love that. <laughs> is, he a legendary, is, is he a legend in your town? No, my town only cared about lacrosse. So oh, okay, okay. Anything else besides that? But yeah, crazy fun fact. I love it. Well, Allie, I, I want to talk. Um, you grew up in, in New York. Um, come down to, to Gainesville. Talk to us a little bit about your your journey and how you ultimately ended up at the uh, University of Florida. Yeah, um, I guess my dad played baseball at UF. Uh, so he was a Gator in the 70s. And then he got drafted. Um, barely made it to the bigs. And then he said he quit to get a real job. But mm. about my career more than his in the family. Uh, both lefties. So I kind of followed in my dad's footsteps in that sense. Um, but I did, I definitely peaked in college um, at, a, at a high school. because So did Nick. I think I peaked in, in high, high school. school. But that's fine. <laughs> I feel like for females, usually like, we oh, mature a little quicker than you guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say my best days are behind me, Allie. <laughs> um, me too, 100%. Um, no way. Yeah, and at a high school, I actually went to UNC Wilmington my freshman mm -hmm. year, where I decided to pitch and hit and kind of do it all. And then I decided I'd rather win. So I stopped <laughs> pitching. Uh, there was a coaching change at UF the year before. So Tim Walton's first year was my freshman year at Wilmington. So after one year under his belt, when he kind of cut the roster in half, it was kind of perfect timing for me to jump over to where my dad had always wanted me to go. And there were two schools I wasn't allowed to go to when I was getting recruited and that was FSU in Georgia. My dad's gone anywhere else in the world, but he ripped up a recruiting letter I got from FSU. He made it pretty obvious. I went to University of North Carolina Greensboro. Yeah. Close to UNCW. Yeah. A lot less pretty. I decided instead of deciding to go to my dad's dream school, I decided I'd rather drink beer. So I just one year of baseball. Just one year of baseball. Didn't didn't transfer to Florida. That's that's where the the sports ended. That's where it ended. I mean, UNC yeah. Wilmington was a we didn't have football, but we had a beach and a lot of other fun activities on the water. I'm gonna love it. So, Allie, transfer to UF. What was it about? Obviously, you grew up a Gator fan, um, but what was it about Tim Walton's recruiting pitch? Because I can imagine that you got multiple pitches when you were looking to transfer. Um, he was a hitting guy. Mm -hmm. He was like a firm believer in. You can hit, I will find a spot for you. And at the time, my defense was not up to par to where my hitting was. So for me, I think it was one coming in right away and could make an impact because he cut the roster so much. I think we had like 14 girls on the roster, one of which was from soccer. Mm. Soccer <laughs> to like sophomore year. So I, I kind of knew that I would come in and like have a chance to prove myself in the SEC. Um, and he was just really good. He still is. I mean, now UF's on the map as a softball mm -hmm. powerhouse, but back then we weren't. He was good at finding the underdog. So all of us were peaked in college, I would say. Mm -hmm. like we were all kind of like under-recruited in high school. Maybe we're like second string on some of the top top teams, travel ball teams. Um, like Francesca Anaya was probably the biggest recruit he got within my year. But Stacey Nelson was like a third-string pitcher on a California travel team. Oh, wow. Like he, he was really good at kind of finding those hidden gems, if you will, a little rough around the edges, but then like you put us all on the field together and, and, and it worked <laughs> somewhat. Came yeah, a little, no. a little that's interesting. That's interesting though. That you say that about Tim because he was a pitcher um, in college and pitched in the, in the college world series. So you'd think he'd be more of a, 
pitching and defense and hey, we'll slap the ball around a little bit, but we have to, you know, the fundamentals, we're going to be a great pitching team and we're going to feel the ball cleanly, but total definitely, opposite. Definitely still into defense. Toughest coach. I know he used to hit short hops at me from with a bat from the shortstop position. How, how, how he taught it were you uh, coming out of high school? Not much. I mean, every Northeast school wanted to sign me when I was like 10. Right. So do you think his recruiting was more uh, him trying to find gyms because of that? Because uh, he wasn't going after the big time athletes. So he, he have to like evaluate more and try to get more power hitters or, or what do you it think was, his strategy was with that? It was probably a mix of him trying to get, you know, people who, I mean, I, I had a really high average my freshman mm -hmm. year, but to be fair, the CAA wasn't the SEC, but I All think right. he kind of looked at just my numbers across the board were consistent. So I think that's what he was looking for at the time because he needed to build a program and he wasn't going to get like a list right. who would pick Florida over UCLA. Mm -hmm. at the time. So yeah. Cause at the time, go ahead, Dan, I was just going to say at the time, I mean, obviously now women's softball is dominated by the sec, but at the time it was dominated almost exclusively by what the pack, what's now the pack 12 and the big, you know, big yeah. 10, big 12. So I guess yeah. not the big 10, but the big 12. So yeah. So long story short, you know, there, there was, there wasn't a lot of, um, I guess, huge softball presences. I mean, outside of, you know, maybe, you know, a few schools here and there having some, some good, decent runs, but, you know, Tim Walton is really what helped solidify, you know, Florida in the sec, but obviously you've added Alabama and a number of other programs since then. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, and the thing that I always talk about the most is obviously softball was like, my number one when I was at UF, but I think the athletic student body, like just in general across sports, because the university is so big. So for mm -hmm. an athlete kid, like, yeah, you have your teammates, but like we were tight with the swimmers and mm -hmm. baseball and the glory. Dan, we went to school in the glory years. Like I was I going I tell people all the time. It's nuts. Like, I found a football that I got all the boys to sign for my dad for Christmas. That football is probably worth 10 G's no with Tebow and the Pounceys. I mean, like, I don't know if we're not allowed to say his name, but Hernandez. Like, we had mm. everyone was had signed that football. Did Dan sign it? No. <laughs> no, you're not gonna get the yeah. not, oh, not, no, gonna, not gonna lower the value of this yeah, very no. prestigious football. It's just funny because, like, back then, like, I just shared a dining room with them, and we shared, you know, tutors right. and classes, and and you didn't think anything of it, and now you look back and you're like, that was. Definitely the most powerful and basketball. I mean, yeah, you're there for you are making every listener jealous right now. You just called them Tim Tebow, the pounds. You just called them, oh, the boys, the guys, yeah, yeah, the guys. Yeah, they were the, they were oh, you know, just the guys, you know, you know, those guys, the homies, yeah, you know, like Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, he was really annoying in, in the cafeteria, just like well, nonchalantly. It's just crazy. Like you just sat yeah. next to these people. You didn't think anything of it at the time. I mean, yeah, they yeah. won national championships, but weren't we all trying to do that? And then now we look back 10 to 15 years later. That was generous. Which yeah. was uh, <laughs> golden age. Uh, yeah. some, some would say, uh, what was it like playing softball in that era though? Uh, everybody, basketball was huge. Football was huge. What was it like uh, playing softball? It was interesting. It definitely, each year it changed. So our sophomore year, no one expected anyone to do anything. And then we won the SEC for the first time, made it to Super Regionals for the first time. So then come the next year, my junior year, the, the, the stands started to get a lot fuller. It wasn't just those same regular diehard right. Gator fans that live in Gainesville. Um, 
And I remember when we made it to the College World Series for the first time that year, um, we didn't think to like, I mean, Instagram wasn't a thing, but Facebook was. And no one told us at the time, like we played softball. We got police escorted once, thought it was like the coolest thing ever going to the Gainesville airport. No one told us to block our, or make us ourselves private on Facebook. And so then like when, after the World Series, it was like, what, like, wow, more people actually watch this and care about it than we all had ever known. You know, yeah. we grew up around it, but it was crazy. And then by my senior year, cause we went into the season, number one. So mm -hmm. by that point, it was crazy. I mean, it was packed games. I think, I don't know if we still hold the record, but we did for a bunch of years for having the most people at our stadium my senior year, which was pretty mm. crazy. After seeing like just my mom in the stands my first year kind of a situation. Yeah, no, I think it was cool, um, you know, having been there, you know. Started at that from the bottom, now we're here, Allie. <laughs> we, I think we it was home with the, with the hardware. But Ali, I was sure. just going to say, I mean, you guys had such good personalities on the team, right? I mean, obviously you were a big personality. You know, you had Lauren, uh, Lauren Bush, who had a really big personality. Um, you know, Francesca and Nea, I mean, you guys were all, Stacey Nelson, you know, um, you guys all just had big personalities, not, not just on the field, but on campus. And I think a lot of people were attracted, uh, you know, to you guys, because it seemed like you guys were having fun. And for the first time, you know, at UF, they were able to see, you know, a, a real winning product on the field. And then that just carried over, obviously, for the last, what, 13, yeah. 14 years. I, you know, and I'm sure every winning team would say that team chemistry, to an extent, will win and lose you ball games. And I think for us, since all of us kind of had a chip on our shoulder and weren't necessarily highly touted at high school, um, and then we started winning and we enjoyed playing with each other it just kind of it made it that much better you know I think um at least for me Francesca Anaya Stacey Nelson mm -hmm. Christina Hilberth Mary Ratliff mm -hmm. um, Kim Wallazonia and Brooke Johnson mm -hmm. are still all of my best friends to this day and the majority awesome. of us live in Florida now um, I was in New York for a bunch of years Stacey's in LA but we see each other at least once twice a year whether it's for a football game a softball game or a wedding or a baby or something. Um, yeah, we're still we're still that tight and we can go years and we still talk mm -hmm. about those random things. And Coach Walton has a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. He will remember the weirdest detail the time you took a pitch right down the middle <laughs> day, you know, 15 years ago. Um, and we're still really close with him and his wife, Sam Walton's like another mother to all of us. So it's pretty cool. The stadium is ridiculous now. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I remember we tried to ask coach to put a little speaker in the batting cages during warm up. And that was a, that was a big feat for us. And he said, yes. And now they have like full blown sound system, and yeah. the juice bar and the, the whole thing. So it's pretty cool, but we're also you, jealous obviously at the same time. Do you take, do you think you take pride in that? Like you were Tim Walton's, I guess, second recruiting class. And, and like you kind of mentioned before, the program wasn't what it is now, but it, <laughs> The, what you and, and those ladies did on those teams. Now it's, it's almost, it's like a recruiting machine. It, the, the program is so good that it recruits itself, but it was just, you know, at, in your words, not calling you this, but this group of, you know, misfits, uh, under recruited kids that were just put together on a team. You've helped lay down the concrete and the foundation for what Florida softball is now and for the renovations and, and all the stuff that they're doing now. Yeah, it's in, it's incredible, and I think I think also the fact that we still are connected and go back. Mm -hmm. I mean, Amanda Lorenz, for example, who could be the goat in terms of softball players at Florida, in my opinion, um, she played what 
10, seven, eight years after I did. Mm. I am friends with her. And if I ever saw her, we'd get excited to see each other. I was her biggest fan. The fact she didn't make Team USA for the Olympics was BS. Um, but, you know, I think I think because we're so connected as an alumni group and because we were there when it was nothing, we're still fully invested to see them mm -hmm. succeed because it's the coolest feeling ever. There's That's no really cool. <laughs> Allie, I want to talk to you about cool moments. You had a, uh, a walk-off Grand Slam to send the Gators uh, to the Women's College World Series for the first time, I believe. Uh, Does Tim remember that or just the, the fastball you watched down the middle and didn't swing it? Hmm. He remembers that. He doesn't talk about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, what, was, what was that feeling like and, and how were – I guess just tell us how that feeling was. Um, honestly, I was in the worst slump of my career going mm -hmm. into that. Coach just knocked me. I was three hole hitter my entire career. And he just put me in like the six or seven hole because I was doing mm. that bad. I think I was, my uncle told me on the TV, they just kept saying, she's two for 32 in postseason. Like, <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. That's a slump slump. Yeah, that's like <laughs> real bad. And it was my last season. Like, this is it, you know? Um, and I remember I had lined out to the left fielder twice in that same game. And so... Um, I fouled one back and I remember like dropping a big old curse word. Um, Which one? Give me the first letter. Uh, the bad one. F. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I like it. Um, and then the next pitch I took. And then the next one, it was a rise ball up. The girl didn't throw that hard. Never did. So if you got on top of it, the spin was going to, that's how rise balls work because that spin is already working for you. If you can get the top half of the ball. It kind of like does the work and it'll go. Um, and I just kind of kept going because I initially thought I popped up again. So if you watch my reaction on any replay, I think I say the F word again because I think I popped <laughs> up again. And then it just kind of kept going. It was like angels in the outfield where it was like, uh, uh, and then she flipped over the fence, but it was still like, still cleared the fence by 10 to 15 feet. But it was one of those moments like, oh, oh, my God. And then, you know, you get to the dog pile and it's this crazy feeling. And then you realize that you still have to play for the actual championship the next day. So I think that was part of it. Like we'd never been to the national championship. So then we get there and we're still on this high from the day before. But it took us too long to kind of like refocus. Like I almost wish we had like a day in between right. the two. Um, but it was crazy. And I... Unfortunately, as much as I remember that, I also remember the very last at bat of my career, like it was yesterday. So mm. there are some things that stick with you forever. Hopefully, the good lasts longer than the not so good. <laughs> I just I just watched the video, and it's it's funny. First off, how far videos come in like twelve years, right? but second, yeah, you definitely like drop your bat as if like you're frustrated that oh, you. Yeah. And then they cut away, and you see some girl just tumbling over the uh, the back fence there. So. Yeah, Dan, Dan's, first, Dan's first thing, man. HD has really come a long way. Right, right, Bro, right, it's right, wild. Right. <laughs> it's nuts. It's like you're watching a video from like the 1980s, you know? Yeah. Oh my god. And and the funny thing that we joke about in my family is, so my dad never sat down. He was one of those. Him and Stacy Nelson mm. and I like that guy. couldn't sit. They were like pacers. The only voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Twenty five thousand people that I'd hear would be my dad. Right. It was the only voice. He finally sat his butt down before that at bat because he had basically probably given up. To be honest, he was tired and he sat down. And I had a walk off grandson. So, like, I haven't, I haven't sat time. down at a sporting event yet, Ellie, and my kids. What? 
I haven't sat down at a sporting event yet. Maybe if you do, they'll hit a walk off Grand Slam. I'm gonna try yeah. to sit down next time. A- Allie's dad sat down the very next game. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's down in that chair. Yeah. 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 I love I love the uh the superstitions with uh with baseball and softball. Um Eric right. Fabian, Judd Judd and Derek Fabian's dad, he missed one game this year and his younger son hit a home run. I saw him at the next game. He's like, I thought about not coming today because Derek <laughs> hit that home run yesterday. I just oh, couldn't I miss it. He, but he was like, I actually thought about not driving up for the game. I'm like, I don't think if you skip the next 50 games, he'll hit 50 home runs. But I mean, you can't, you can't help try. but feel it. You can't argue with the logic. You'll it's never know if you don't try. That's true. Right. That's right. Ali, so you you had a great career. Obviously, multiple All Americans across the uh, the board. What are you? What have you been up to since then? Um, you you played professionally for a little bit, right? A little bit. What are you up to now? I know you're in Tampa, but real, real quick, what's professional softball like? It's, it's tough, actually. It's come a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated, there was two ways you could go. There was what was called the PFX tour, which they kind of worked like a PGA tour. So we mm-hmm. we would go where different amateur softball tournaments were happening, and then we would almost like play each other in the middle of the tournament. Um, like I played with Lisa Fernandez, which is a crazy name, Jessica Mendoza, who we mm, all know now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was one way. And it was just, you basically got paid a stipend based on your accolades in college. So mm. if you were a D1 softball player, if you were an All-American, a USA team member and a gold medalist, that's how you gotcha. got for the weekend. Mm. Pretty crazy. And then um, the other way was the league which is still here today, but they only have four to five teams and you mm. play in the summer. And so you can't really have a full-time job. You have to be a coach, really right. coaching lessons to be able to play in the league. So what was nice about the PFX tour is I could actually kind of get a career off the ground and still play for a few years before I started getting really bad because I wasn't training as much. Um, but me, Stacey Nelson, a few of the other girls also did it. So it was an excuse for us to get together and, and still play while also giving back to the younger girls. But now there are more pro teams, pro leagues out there. It's getting a little better, but it's still tough. They just don't really make professional athlete salaries. They have to subsidize it with coaching or lessons or what have you. Right. Which doesn't lend itself to training and performing like a professional athlete, which you are. Right. You can't, right. Your schedule is based around coaching, not based around regiment yeah well i can't go hit today because i have to teach this clinic for a bunch of 14 year old girls or yeah it's funny though every job i've gotten i think everyone what has been a gator connection Mm. Um, i got my first job a bull gator brian levine i don't know if he's listening um i met him at the pretty sure he is this is the biggest gator podcast in the world there we go he probably is um he, I met him at the SEC championship game in 2010 when we lost to Alabama, not when we won the year before. Um, and I met him and he was working at Goldman Sachs and he got me an interview mm. two weeks later. Um, he actually wanted me That's to- an interview interview, uh, Allie. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a real interview. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, 
And so I was actually at Goldman Sachs. I planned all of their events for a few years. Then I jumped. I did the Super Bowl when it was in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and jumped around from different marketing, experiential agencies, big names, Netflix, yeah. Uber, you name it. And I actually just rejoined this past summer. I'm back at Goldman um, at a more senior level, but it's essentially the same job that I started nice. when I graduated. So. You yeah, run. you've been with some, some great companies. I saw you were with PureFit for a while too, and I know yeah. that they just got acquired uh, for some big dollars. So yeah, that's some, another some really... connection. There's, I mean, they're everywhere. Literally, I mean, that was really tacky, but literally, the Gator Nation is everywhere. And especially if you're a Gator athlete during the time that we went to school, Dan, it helps if there's any Gator alum. Sure. Did Did you ever think about getting into coaching or doing anything like that, or? Um, I'm a New Yorker, so my patience level. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I did some clinics and I, I, you know, I was close with Fordham coach up here for years. So I would randomly do a weekend camp or clinic. Um, but really it's, and you, it's good money if you can get into it, but I, I'm very type A. And so I kind of wanted like a regimen, if you will. Um, so it was never really something that I, I ever saw myself doing. With that being said, if I could get paid, like the MLB guys who were complaining about not getting paid enough, if I could get paid what they get paid, I would have 100% gone as a full-time. I would have pursued being a full-time professional athlete. It's just tough when we need a plan B, as you guys yeah. know. Um, but yeah, so coaching was never really for me. <laughs> Do you think that women's softball is, is starting to gain more traction? I know you mentioned it a little bit, but do you think it's starting to gain more traction where it could be a viable option for somebody to be so. able to fully do that in their career? Or? That would be the goal, right? I mean, mm. Jessica Mendoza has helped a ton. I mean, she's a softball player who's now like one of the number one broadcasters for the MLB. And I think time and time again, you know, Monday night baseball, Sunday night baseball, the College World Series surpasses their viewership. I mean, there's stats that show people like watching softball because it's a quicker game. That's yeah. the downside to baseball is that it can drag on a little bit. Um, one of many, yeah. So hopefully, I mean, the goal would be yeah. that, yeah, they can make a decent salary so that they can play and be a real professional athlete. I mean, Monica Abbott signed the first million-dollar contract for a softball player, I think it was a year or two ago. But again, I think it was with different sponsors and there was a mm -hmm. lot of different kind of ins and outs to it. It wasn't just like, here's a million dollar contract. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hopefully it gets there. That, that would be, that would be awesome. So that our whole childhood and all the hard work we put in, there is the potential. Yeah. I know it needs to happen. Allie, I think women need to support women's sports more. So there's so many women on this planet. And I think if they just supported more the numbers, the, the, the consumers, the fanship, it, it, it'll help elevate the sport as well. So the more we can encourage women to be, because the average woman don't like sports, you know, so it's not like men. The average man likes sports. So I think we can encourage women to, to watch sports more and be more fans of it to support uh, women in general on um, the sport to elevate more as well. Yeah, I actually saw a story recently that some woman opened a sports bar. I think it was in like Seattle. Don't quote mm -hmm. me there, that they will just show women's sports. So it's a women's bar for women's sports. And I thought that was like, really cool. it's a niche, um, right. but I thought it was an interesting concept because you go in thinking it's a sports bar until you looked around and were, you were kind of like, wait a second, there's only women on the screen. So, yeah, Portland. You know, <clears throat> Portland. 
It's called the sports bra, if you're wondering. Sports bra. Sports that's, bra. that's funny. Is that a bar? That's 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 a fun play on uh words and letters there. I like that. Yeah, I think that I think that's a a, a fair point, Silk. Um I I guess just growing up in sports, you know, playing baseball, we were like friends with the softball players because you had the same season, right. you had the same stuff. So I never really thought of that because it was like the friends, the girlfriends that I had were also playing sports, so they were so into it, and you don't really think that. Um, maybe there's not the same kind of interest because all the girls that I hung out with in high school were as interested in their sport as I was in mine. That's not right, right Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's true. And also moving you know, back from Gainesville to New York City, where I was for 11 to 12 years, very different vibe, just sports in general. Um, when I go, you know, there was the Gator Bar, thank God, um, where there was a lot of people that I knew that were into sports and could actually talk sports versus the New York fan that kind of bought the jersey just to fit right. in and be there and whatever. So I told it's it's it does depend on where you are, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do agree that I think a lot of girls want to like sports for reasons, but they didn't necessarily grow up in it. So they don't have the knowledge of what's happening right. um, across all sports. Do um was it a culture shock? Because it seems like there's definitely a more passionate fan base in the South for softball. Um, not just in, not just more than New York, but probably anywhere in the country, maybe in California as well. But there's, like you said now, it's it's hard to get a seat at, at the stadium yeah. for a game. It's really cool. So in the College World Series, my senior year, my best guy friend from high school came with my family. And we went to dinner after my Grand Slam, like some random – diner in Oklahoma city. And I remember walking in and like all the tables of the 13 year old girls got up and rushed and wanted my autograph and wanted pictures. And my friend Noah was just like totally taken aback because he traveled around and watched all my high school guy friends who played D three lacrosse, but were high school all American. <laughs> you know, followed them around too during their collegiate career to watch them play. But he was like, there was this moment of like, wow, this is a lot bigger than any of us really realized until you like see it. So it, it it's very crazy. I mean, even when I moved back to New York and I went to the Gator bar, I, I was on the list for a table with my friends and the owner was like, Allie, we play softball in here. Like you're not on the list. Like I have a table for you. And I was blown away that in New York city, mm-hmm. someone knew about softball. Like that was pretty, that was pretty crazy. That's really That's, cool. Well, Allie. Somebody, man. That's dope. Allie, 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 it was a pleasure to have you on. Wait, Thank wait, before, before we let Dan off easy, what was what was young Daniel like um, in college? Man, I was actually trying to figure what, – what, was it that awful last class we had? Yeah, it was that awful last class we had, yeah. Where we had to put together the full campaign. Yeah, the full campaign. Did he yeah, not participate was, in the group project? What did he do? So, so the whole project, what the whole semester was a group project. It was yeah, like but, final – yeah, it was nuts. Pitch campaign thing. Yeah, Allie and I were in a class. Um, who else was it? Megan Bush was in that class. We had some. I think we. I, I don't even remember who, but I remember that the three of us kind of sat in a corner and we just kind of just. We were just ready to go to the bar. Well, at least I was. Um, you were ready to go to <laughs> practice, but I was ready to go to the bar because uh, it was like class, like in the middle of the day on like a Tuesday. I'm like, I just need to get out of here. Um, because there wasn't anything that you really did throughout the class. It was just all cumulative at the end of the year. Um, 
what just, that? That's going to drive me insane. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, and to be fair, don't get it twisted. Athletes are no saints. Yes, we had practice. Oh, no, no, I know. But you you had to at least go to practice before going to the bar. I could just go straight there. Grog House is no longer – Savo players are no longer allowed at Grog because oh. my generation, apparently. Wow. Damn, I Y'all lady I was trying to get you out of here. A couple but, ways. Yeah, we missed some we, stories we, here, Allie. We we buried the lead. This is who cares about the Grand Slam? What'd you guys do with Grog? No, we were just apparently we were just there too much, and so literally, and so I think coaches put it in the handbook like, hey, you guys can't go to Grog. So we kind of made it like a softball alumni thing. Like once you graduate, then you can go to Grog. Coming with us, yeah, alumni to Grog. It's really funny, and then they walk in and like Grog's a dump. Like, I love <laughs> like, it. Why? Why? Why are we <laughs> yeah. here? Yes. Whenever I take somebody to Gainesville for the first time, I'm like, grog, balls. Like, the, these were the places to be. And they're the only ones still really standing, right? Like, in Midtown. Everything else. You know, legends survive, you know? Salty still salty, still up. Still, yep. still, still smoky I'm as ever. Just, I'm going to just vibe downtown. There were a lot. I went to a lot of birthday parties downtown. Downtown at, at in in that era, downtown was like an event. You would go to like 101 downtown. Yeah, there weren't as fly. many there weren't as many places to like go and drink. Now there's a bunch of bars downtown, sure. and and there's a lot more uh, students encroaching on our us 30 year olds territory that still live in Gainesville. Wait, but there was a club downtown, and now I can't think of the name. They took my fake ID from me. Not uh, <laughs> was it was it rehab? Um, let's see what else was there. There was the country bar. Uh, eight deep. seconds. Yeah, no, um, not that one. There was the one that was on the rooftop, like Sky Lounge or something. It changed names like every four weeks. Um, eight seconds know. has has had like thirteen names since I've been here since 2013. Oh, it's, it's not eight not, seconds anymore. It's called Knocking Boots now. Oh, of course. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's and that's not. It's, it's, there was a lot of names. It's still, still, that's a weird, a weird spot too, because it's like line dancing downstairs, and you go upstairs, and it's like it's trap music. Out. Yeah. 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 Wild place to be. Yeah, so like, gotta take you there. I remember like Earl Everett and like I just remember all of those guys from the football era were always having their birthday parties at this one club. Dustin Joe. I'm just throwing out really random names. Um and I who was oh who was the little point guard? Irving Walker. Not Irving. <laughs> no, I remember Irving. The one who transferred to te Texas? Oh, Jay Lucas. Yeah, Jay Lucas. He had a banger at the club down there too. I remember that. It's just like very random people. They loved having their birthday parties at this club. Maybe it was rehab. I don't remember. There's only like four of them at the time. Now there's like twenty of them. But really? No, down, downtown Gainesville is like the place to be now. Like White Buffalo, you stand on some tables there. Yeah, it's the vibes. It's the vibes, Ali. You gotta go to White Buffalo. You gotta update your uh, Gainesville. Yeah, I walk in, they'd be like, "Old lady." <laughs> No, no, no. I well, they let, they don't call me old you. man. You're good. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you guys. This was really fun going down Absolutely. on Summer Lane. So uh, it was such a pleasure to, to have you on. Uh, do you do much on, on social media uh, that you want people to follow you on? Or Sure. I actually, I did post um, that I was going to be on this today, Ooh, knowing that nice. probably the majority of my followers are Gator softball. I love so it. They, uh, I did tell them. And I asked, this is really random. My mom, I told her I was coming on this, and she found my Easton batting gloves from back in the day in the closet. Oh, snap. Wow. Cool? So I figured. And I, that's uh, really cool. I'll pay you for that. 
No. Oh man, you could have got an NIL deal. I was I was an Easton athlete, and I had to make like four appearances before they started paying me for appearances. So I only made four appearances. Mm. Yeah, man, Robert, different man. era, different era, man. Highway <laughs> different Robert, era, right? Right. Awesome. awesome. I really appreciate having you on, and yeah. um, Florida softball is actually on the field right now, playing Mississippi State. Yeah, for the I think it's the series. Right? Isn't it locked at one one to one? I think so. I think. I think so. Florida came back and won Friday. I didn't see the or sorry, Saturday. It was a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's different too. We played doubleheader Saturday, single Sunday. So that's changed too. Well, we'll get the answer to that probably after you leave uh, about how they're doing. Twenty two and two overall right now. Let's see. Yeah, they lost their last game, but uh, lost their last game one to nothing. So on Sunday, but uh, they'll be back. Uh, right now and hopefully for another victory well Allie, it's such a pleasure to get you on looking forward to hearing your continued success and everything that you do and thanks for your time this evening thanks guys go gators go, go gators. gators we'll talk to you soon bye Allie gardner and with that we got to bring on our man eric fawcett with the fawcett Woo! search for a moment before we do that we got to give her a shout out uh, to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Visit them, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM, get 10% off of your order. If you are looking for the best vacuum-sealed cup that represents your college, university, uh, maybe pro sports team, maybe a particular player, golfer, racer, whatever the case may be, visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM and get 10% off of your order. Well, Eric, my friend. Eric, what it do, baby? We come to you in exciting times. What it do, baby? This is wild. Hold on. Let me let me take <laughs> myself out of this. And optimistic on, times. Dan and Silk are conga lining up to the Mike White UF funeral. And I'm just I like, had to block out my, my video for obvious reasons. Oh, this man has a family. No, no, no. The family wasn't coming to the game, Nick. No worries about that. They me. weren't. They were not. Because of people <laughs> like you, Corey. I don't go to the games, so it yeah. wasn't because of people like people like me don't go to the games. Uh, Eric, uh, Eric, what's up, man? How you doing, Mr. Fawcett? Hey, this is uh, it's good to be back on, guys. <laughs> um, kind of expected this uh, this podcast to come eventually. I, I wasn't expecting it to be the day after Selection Sunday. Wasn't expecting the news to be uh, come down five minutes before the Selection Show. Um, man, wasn't expecting Georgia. That's for nobody's, sure. Man, wasn't expecting to do a, a fifteen minute hire like it was checkers. No, and I mean, I wasn't expecting the Gators to get $1.25 million um, for a team to take their coach. So uh, thank you, Georgia. And, uh, you know, Nick, I, I've got to say, I mean, in my, you know, four or five years covering Florida basketball, I, I've not gotten to cover any coaching searches. I know you're a coaching search legend. So if you have any <laughs> uh, any advice you can pass along, I mean, you're a, uh, we, we know you can handle this. So, you know, this Hold is on, my first want, time. We'll see how it goes. Apparently it's just a seven. No, no, Rick Pitino. Write the story, Eric. Write yeah, the story. Write the story. Pitino, that's the clicks. Those are the clicks. He'll be in town Wednesday, right? So just <laughs> yeah, sure do the walk right over, do the interview, go ahead and coach, maybe oh, make the, uh, the pregame switch. Yeah, late you know, tip, uh, 9 o'clock there in Gainesville. Um, Iona and Rick Pitino will be there. So they, they can do the interview before, they can do the interview after. I mean, hey, whatever works for, for, for Rick there. You only need like five hours. Shout out to Georgia. Now, it's really – Georgia really wrote Florida like a $9 million check because if you were going to fire Mike White, which I don't think Scott Strickland was going to do, 
if you were going to fire him, you'd pay him eight and change because weak. of the two-year extension. So not only are you not paying him that, um, but you're getting a $1.25 million check. So uh, <clears throat> thanks, Georgia. Um, to me, though, and here's here's it was my initial take. Um, it made sense for me, for Mike, because the situation in Gainesville is toxic. I think he clearly wanted out. I think it became apparent that he clearly wanted out. There's other jobs that could become available that are way better than Georgia. So for me to see Mike take on a Georgia job, which outside of maybe a couple of years has no basketball history, that tells me like Mike wanted out. I, I would say definitely at the same time though, I mean, you and me can talk about how good of a job Georgia is because I'll tell you this much. Some coaches really like the idea of being at a football school where people don't really care about, about basketball. Um, and especially considering that situation where white wasn't very happy with how the fans thought of him and, and some of that noise, well, he'll go to Florida or sorry, he'll go to Georgia where <laughs> right now there's not many people that care about basketball there. And uh, you know, if he goes to, if he's an eight or a nine or a 10 or an 11 seed and you know, two or three straight NCAA tournaments, they might build a statue of him there. So, you know, we can say George is not a very good job, but they've got tons of money. I think he'll be happy to go where there's not a whole lot of expectations. I, I, I think, you know, we can look at, we can rank jobs in the, SEC, we can rank jobs at the high major level. I think specifically to what he was looking for, I think Georgia offers him a lot of what he what he wants, and that's why he was was so quick to take that job. Um, I know it was reported that um, they asked to talk to him, and a couple more, you know, a couple hours later, the the deal was done. I'm not sure, you know, to what extent I totally believe that, um, but I think it must have happened fairly quickly. But I think uh, I, I actually do think to White, this is uh, this Georgia job is is very appealing um, for what he's looking for. So a lot, of, a lot of talent for recruiting in that Atlanta area, the suburban Atlanta area as well. Um, and he's a recruiter. For, on that point, I'll let you go, Dan. I was in the base. I was in a baseball press box in a room with Scott Strickland at noon. The game started at noon on Saturday. So not a big the, deal. the report that the report that came out with just a couple guys watching baseball, Dan. That's all it is. Um, so the report that came out that Georgia reached out at noon. If that happened, I was in the room with Scott Strickland. So. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it happened precisely at noon, but but uh, that that would be a pretty tight timeline. Yeah, Eric, that's that's Nick just flexing for you. Uh, let you know he's with the power brokers here. Um, Eric, I do, I do want to ask. Uh, you know, obviously we we can look back at the at the Mike White era. You know, through multiple lenses, and and there's going to be varying histories written about him depending on who you're talking to uh but it is going to be a time to to write a new chapter in university of florida basketball uh who are some names that florida fans uh should be looking out for maybe doing you know research doing whatever the internet does with their free time um who are some potential opportunity or potential head coaches for florida who would be some slam dunks and maybe who are some up-and-comers that that we're not talking about everybody knows that the big names the mark fuse the rick patinos you know some of these huge names that everybody always you know throws out but but who are some names that we should be thinking of well i think the first thing to kind of uh Put out there is there's not really a slam dunk i don't think i don't think there's like a napier that's just like here's the clear guy you go after and you go get um so that's just one thing to kind of consider i, I don't think this is going to be a super easy hire um at the same time like 
let's look back to if Florida made this transition last summer um, or last spring, I should say um, they would have had their chance at the Porter Porter Moser, who I think would have been a slam dunk would have had a chance of getting Andy Enfield from USC who just signed an extension. Like they would have had a lot more opportunities if, if the job was open at this time last year, um, but it's not. And now I think, you add in the fact that there's a whole bunch of money tied up in uh, the football side and the staff that they're adding there and the, uh, the facility there. I don't think that they're looking to go overpay to go get someone who's established from another job. I, I think they're going up in commerce. So if, if there was one kind of mid-major guy that will have his pick of any, uh, any job that's open at the high major level, particularly in the South, it's uh, Matt McMahon from, uh, from Murray state. Um, they're a team that's just kind of primed to, uh, go on a run here in the NCAA tournament, probably underseated. But if, if people are kind of looking for names that they can watch in the NCAA tournament, because Florida's not going to be there, uh, Murray State and uh, McMahon's going to be one of them for sure. And for a couple of reasons, I mean, first of all, he's proven he can win at a very high level there. Um, again, I think they're underseated. I think they should have been a five seed. You could have very much justified that five or six seed looking at uh, uh, how they rank and all the metrics. So, I mean, they've kind of shown that they can compete with the high majors at Murray. Um, so, I mean, you can just imagine what he could do at the high major level. I'll also add that he plays a style of basketball that is very, very aesthetically pleasing. Um, it's high, it's up-tempo, it's shooters flying off screens, it's big men cutting for alley-oop dunks. It is a style of basketball that fans would be very um, happy to Offense. go watch. Offense, offense, tactical, schematic, offensive basketball. Um, and I think that that's something that definitely needs to be weighed in with who they're looking to hire. Um, another name that uh, I think we're hearing a lot, I'll, I'll go two guys that are kind of within the family. Um, Anthony Grant at Dayton, he's someone that I'm hearing a lot of for kind of obvious reasons at Dayton right now, a really good mid-major program, um, really a high major program in a mid-major league. Um, so, And he's someone who was very, very popular during his time um, with the national championship teams. Um, I know that Billy Donovan will speak highly of him and probably go and put in a put in word for, for Anthony Grant. And then another former Florida assistant that you can also see in the NCAA tournament is Rob Lanier at Georgia State. Um, someone who, again, plays a style of basketball that's very exciting on both sides of the ball. Offensively, it's very up-tempo. And defensively, they like to press. They like to make the game chaotic. Uh, just a very high-energy kind of guy, high-energy style of basketball. Um, so I would say those are the three names I'm hearing um, the most. And then one more name that I'm hearing a lot more than I think people expect would be Mike Young, who's at Virginia Tech, um, mm. who has no ties to, to Florida. I mean, the Gator, Gators saw them last year in the NCAA tournament, and uh, he just is transitioning. He was coming there from Wofford, um, so he showed he could win at Wofford. And right now, before he's uh, even really gotten his guys at Virginia Tech, he has guys that were committed to him at Wofford, playing for him at Virginia Tech, and people might have just seen them uh, dominate Duke. And uh, mm. I would say that he outcoached Coach K in that one. I, I think he has really shown he can maximize talent. He hasn't recruited at a super, like a super high level yet. But again, if the Gators are looking for the best possible schematic coach that they can, which is personally something I think that they should be trying to do. Uh, Mike Young is a guy they should consider. And he's someone that I'm kind of happy to hear his name floated around. Uh, your first bit of advice for your coaching search is we are done with M names after McElwain, Mullen, and Muschamp. Uh, M names are out. So if, if your name starts with M, you're getting crossed off the list. I don't know if that's just football specific, but M names are done. So sorry about Murray State and Murray. You're out. <laughs> you're out. Um, what do you think 
Florida historically, even going back to uh, when Jeremy Foley was making the hires, and, and certainly I think Scott Strickland, was? when you look at his hires, um, was Foley. was Foley's mm. not making the hire. Um, anyway, they try. They have both Scott and and um, and Foley hired young guys. I think if you go back, like five of the last six Florida coaches that were hired have been young. Um, Billy Donovan was 31. Um, Mike, I think, was 35. And he's 45 now, so my math is off there. But he was in his yeah, 30s. Yeah. Do, do you see Florida going out? And, and listen, I, I know you're spending a lot of money on football, but in in a little bit, the SEC is transitioning from CBS to ESPN, and then you're just printing fake money, and nothing mm. matters anymore. All the money's like, fake. No, anyways. Just- so <laughs> do, do you see Florida going for – an up and comer as they have historically, even recently in football um, and, and certainly in basketball, or do you try to go and find an established coach from somewhere who, who has proven it for five, 10 years at, at a school, a big D one school. So with what you're just saying, I know you're implying what Florida probably should do. I'll tell you this much. Florida's assistant coaching pool is in the lower half of the sec. Their support staff pool is in the pool is in the lower half of the SEC. Their facilities are nowhere near as good as Florida likes to to flaunt. So, you know, I'd love to tell you, yeah, they're about to. Let let me down. They're going to go. Jeez, bro. I I should say, yeah, they should go and throw a bunch of money at an established, you know, young go get Scott Drew from Baylor. Um, You know, I I would love to say that's what they should do or what I think they're going to do. But I don't know how I could tell you that based off uh, what they kind of you do with support staff, with the assistant coaching pool, with the facilities. Um, Right now, it's not at the high level in the SEC. Um, You can kind of see who who's kind of who is spending the money there and they're in the NCAA tournament. They're at the top of the league. But I would just say based off the, the kind of actions there, I think that they're going up and comer. And uh, now you're just going to hope they, they make a hire that's maybe a, a little better than, than the one with, uh, with, with Mike White, who, you know, gave some, some good years, um, average years and kind of lost the fan base after a couple. Um, they're obviously going to want to make a little bit better one, but I, that's why I'm looking at like, you know, the Murray States of the world, uh, you know, Bob Ritchie at, uh, at, at Furman, you know, some of, some of these names, you know, whether it's Anthony Grant or, or Rob Lanier, you know, mid-major guys, that's kind of just what I'm expecting. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if Scott Drew at Baylor really was interested, there was a report that he might want to, you know, that he had some interest in Georgia, which I don't believe, like, like I believe about 0.5%, but if that 0.5% is true, um, then yeah, if you're Florida, you better go. It's gotta be at least double for Florida, right? It's gotta be at least one. Eric, I want to ask you. I want to ask you just because we can talk a little bit about infrastructure. Obviously, we saw under Scott Strickland a massive change in infrastructure from Dan Mullen to Billy Napier, and I think a lot of that was the plan that Billy Napier offered was able to bring in, you know, a plan to say, "Hey, we need to execute on this," and you know, bring in these support staffs and build, you know, this this infrastructure. Um, do you think some of, do you think that Mike White, and I'm not asking you to defend or whatever, was a little hamstrung on? analysts and assistant coach salaries and things of that nature or do you think maybe there wasn't a, a plan behind it to to throw you know additional monies that that maybe do exist you know for somebody you know that is a higher level coach that does have a certain level of expectations yeah i do think they're hamstrung a, a little bit i also don't know how much of a pushback there was I, I i guess i mean um again like eric pastrana assistant coach that they hired this year um which i think was a great hire he's already you know 
went and, and signed some some really good players for next year's class. We'll mm-hmm. see if they show up. But, uh, you know, he took a significant pay cut to come from Oklahoma State to Florida. I just don't think that that's a sentence that should have to be said. Um, right. But, you know, talking to some of the uh, assistants that are no longer with the program, you know, getting a little bit of the feel from them. It's like, yeah, they, they felt like they like one of the big things, too, and it's interesting to see where it's gone with football. They were not particularly happy with um, the living arrangements for players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they kind of inquired about it. They didn't uh, hear good things back. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. So, you know, could they have pushed harder for something like that? Maybe, you know, maybe not. They That's kind of the feel. But I do feel like they kind of hinted at a little bit of, you know, they were hamstrung a little bit. But uh, maybe, you know, the football side with Napier changes the culture and um, that changes. Hey, maybe getting one point two, five million dollars from Georgia. Uh, maybe that changes the assistant pool for next year. Maybe that changes the support staff or some upgrades to the fact practice facility, or maybe these basketball players get to take in some of the better living arrangements that we're seeing coming for football. But those, those are just some of the, uh, the things that are kind of floated around uh, regarding what, what some of these, uh, some people aren't particularly happy with, with uh, kind of investment there. Eric, I want to ask you um, about an article that Neil Blackman, who you host the Florida Basketball Hour with, um, he wrote a Saturday Down South article that mentioned a number of the names that you just mentioned as potential uh, folks. I want to ask you what your thoughts are. Uh, He brought up the name as the first name that he brought up, uh, who's Tony Bennett. He's the uh, national championship winning coach from Virginia. Um, Obviously haven't had the the best, you know, last year or two, um, but is that a name that that you could consider being tied to, to Florida? Do you think that that's too big of a fish for, uh, for Florida? Well, I, it definitely makes sense in the sense that Scott Strickland, when he defended white in the past, he always pointed out that, you know, Mike white did things the right way and he didn't cheat. Um, when he, when Mike white, um, left, he said, you know, his words were like, you know, we thought he represented the university well by, you know, essentially not cheating. That wasn't his, to say, to say we're not winning, but we're not cheating. And then we talking about here. And then when he said that and <laughs> losing with that, integrity uh, is important. Like, so. the <laughs> and then just to round it out, when so he said that, that, that the assistant coach search had started, he said, we're looking forward to finding someone who represents and win, you know, wins in the right way. So all if he I, says, if is I get like, an F my, if I get an F on my homework, if my son get an F on his, re- his, his report card, he comes home and say, well, dad, I didn't cheat. I probably, <laughs> I probably, I probably like, like hang him upside like, down or something. Child abuse is happening. <laughs> son, <laughs> this is real. the SEC. Um, then he got to throw with a left hand like Nick said. <laughs> Thank but, you. <laughs> but you know, everything Strickland's been about is like wanting someone who's not going to cheat essentially. And, and, and Tony Bennett is, is a guy who is one, you know, at the highest level for someone who kind of is universally considered, you know, does things the right way for, for lack of a better term. So it totally makes sense that someone Florida could go after. I mean, he makes a lot of money. He's been there a lot of years and, and he's got a fan base that, you like Virginia is known for playing extremely slow. They are known for going on some scoring droughts, but they always hold the other team to like 55 points. So they win, you know, 56 to 55. And sometimes they have seven minute scoring droughts and they have a fan base who takes pride in that. All their fans are like, Oh, we know we play slow. We know we're going to go on scoring drought, but like they take pride in that style of basketball. I don't know if Florida fans would. Yeah, I was going to say, I, do, you, do you see Gator nation taking pride in a 43 to 45 win side. over the Mississippi Mike White White, the Mike White side, White, Mike White Hive, they take it, pause, but they may be okay pause. with that. Yeah, I mean, again, it's always one of those things that, like, you can say anything, but if it ends with, like, and you're winning championships, it's all good. Like, if Florida goes right. out like Virginia did a couple of years ago and they grind the game to powder – but they win a championship. Yeah, I think Florida fans would would take pride in it. The moment you miss a couple NCAA tournaments in a row, 
you know, I, well, you, Dan, you mentioned earlier that it hasn't been the best couple of years for, for Bennett. Um, their fans don't care. They have a lot of pride in the way that they do things and they know that it, or they think that thing, they think they know that things are going to turn around. Um, I don't know if Florida is exactly built that way. So, I mean, I would be happy to get a guy that's won a championship recently. Um, but at the same time, I just know that style of play would not always, you know, grab the, the, the Dan Thompson's and, and, and silks of the world. They wouldn't, it would not grab the attention all the time. I'll tell no, you. I'm, I'm, I think, I think I fed, I'm, I'm a patient as a basketball mm-hmm. fan though, Eric. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not that demanding, uh, good product, you know, progress in the program, good recruiting. You know, I'm not going to be like, I take a break. I need to cut out some of my anxiety. So I chill in basketball season. I think all of us do a little bit. Um, so we're not asking for a lot. We just need to see progress. And I think mm-hmm. we didn't see no progress. I don't want to harp on, uh, Mike White anymore. I just want to keep talking about the future and what's next. But um, I think we're, we're we're all not crazy basketball fans. I think we're a little easy. Yeah, and I, I I would argue I would agree with Silk that I think the expectations are reasonable. I don't I don't think that any Gator fan expects to be in the Final Four every year. I think that they right. expect to be in the NCAA tournament at least. I think that they expect you know every you know other year, every three years to be in the sweet 16 or better. But I don't think that Florida has a culture where the expectation is to be, you know, consistently uh, winning championships. It's to just be in the hunt. It's to be in the, the opportunity to win the sec. They be, you know, a chance to not be the first team, you know, knocked out, you know, in the first round of the, you know, sec tournament, or to be a team that is rebuilding their roster every year, not because they had a bunch of really good players that went to the NBA. It's because you recruited a bunch of guys that didn't fit into whatever system you had. Then you had to go get a bunch of new guys, learn a bunch of new names, and then just kind of get let down. I mean, I think that that's my perspective. I've made it very well known that I'm not the world's biggest basketball fan, probably because I was never very good at it. But at the end of the day, I want to watch an enjoyable product where it seems like progress is being made and that there's an expectation being held to somebody that's making four and a half, five million dollars a year, not just, oh, we're not a basketball school because, you know, we may not be a basketball school, but there's four final fours. There's two national championships. There's there's some expectation. The only basketball program to go. Who, who else going back to back like that? Who else? Well, back to back in football and basketball. We went back to back. We're a basketball program. <laughs> so I actually, I'm, I'm kind man. of. I mean, I'm glad you brought this up. On the last time I was on your podcast, I suggested that Florida was not a basketball school. And some of your listeners that are obviously the most intelligent listeners um, in the yeah, Florida should, basketball fan should have harassed you, man. Well, sure. <laughs> I, well, they were saying that I was suggesting that they didn't deserve better, that Florida fans didn't deserve better because I was saying it wasn't a basketball school. Where what I meant to say was, if you're going to kind of accept mediocrity, it's the athletic association that's saying that you're not a basketball school. So I, my, my, I, I just want to kind of make that clear. I wasn't, I wasn't saying the Florida fans should deserve better. I'm, I'm just telling you that like, you know, again, for, for Strickland to kind of say like, Hey, we're essentially happy just going to the tournaments every year and, and not Don't cheating me started. to me, me started, to me, that's, Eric. you know, that's just like, that was me saying like, okay, that's kind of him declaring that you're not a basketball school. So you just said um, like last year, right? Real quick. So you said last year was a better year to go get a coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last I mean, year was a perfect year for us to fire a coach. Uh, it's certainly, um, you know, you see someone like Oklahoma who has a sorry team of like very little 
very little talent. And he almost got them in the NCAA tournament just on the back of his kind of coaching ability. Um, and again, like we just saw Mike Young, who's, you know, he's a couple of years back, but you know, again, he took a bunch of guys that should probably be playing at Wofford and he's in the NCAA tournament right now. Like mm. there's some fantastic basketball minds out there that the kind of left in the last couple of years. And uh, now we're at the point where like, again, the, the names that I think are most likely are like, you know, the Dayton coach, the Georgia state coach, um, the Murray state coach. And you know what, honestly, I, I would be really happy with a couple of those names. Um, the Furman coach, um, but it's certainly think, not the slam dunk that like a Porter right? Moser who's now right. in Oklahoma would be. And now that Florida is going to have to face him in the sec and kind of show what they miss out on, you know, for, for years to come. I just think after watching the way the damn mother thing played out with football, how we kind of just went to like, us as fans like, yo, when they gonna fire this guy, it kind of looked like he was throwing the season. Uh, and then to watch uh, Mike White, uh, his wife and kids wasn't even coming to the game anymore. There was really no exit strategy or search going on. Uh, so to me, it don't look like we got a proactive AD. Um, mm. And the same thing the way it played out with the basketball coach, the female, the girls' basketball coach. Like, I don't think he's that proactive with a lot of the moves he's making. I think I just don't like the way we're like sitting ducks. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that we got the buyout. All oh, that's cool. It was thrifty. We got some money. That all oh, that's dope. But we also sat around and waited for a guy to leave uh, instead of going and be like, "Yo, our program and our fans deserve a good product." Mm-hmm. Not for somebody to walk out and then we just say, well, we save some money. No, yeah. bro, we want two natties here. You know, we got loyal fans. Give us a good product, not some guy walk away from us and like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go to Georgia. Yeah. Like, let, let, I don't, I don't you like kind of let him control the narrative, right? Right. I don't, I don't like that. You know, I think our fans, the fan base deserve better than that. The players deserve better than that. Yeah, players who were pretty surprised by that news, I'll tell you that much. And and players that agreed to play in the NIT, uh, not knowing that uh that Mike White and his, you know, his agent were looking at else at what else would be available for him. So we'll we'll see what Gators team shows up on Wednesday. But I know they were uh those players were pretty uh pretty surprised by the news when it went down. Um, but like going back to like again the, the Mike White hire, I know we want to look forward, but I, I promise mm-hmm. I have a point. Like, yeah. No. Here's here's the thing that I think was totally missed with the Mike White hire. So when he was playing at Louisiana Tech, they were full court pressing all the time. That does not work at the high major level. Um, they played dribble drive. That does not work at the high major level unless you're Kentucky. So they they played a style of basketball that again, for someone who I'll say knows basketball could have said, okay, just so you know, like you can hire this guy, but he's going to have to change his defensive philosophy and his offensive philosophy. So to me, that's a pretty tall ask. So when I'm looking at these next mid-major coaches, I'm saying like, like they need to have a style of basketball that works in the modern age. And if, you know, if they, if they don't, they have to have a clear plan of how they're going to change and what they're going to adapt. Because, you know, when at Mike White's first, first press conference, he said, yeah, we're a, we're a fat, like, you know, we're a full court pressing team. Well, to me, that's like, well, unless you're West Virginia, that doesn't work for anybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, are you trying to do something that hasn't, you know, worked for a decade? And then what he talked about, like, oh, you know, we're a dribble drive basketball team. We share the ball, we drive it. And it's like, okay, well, that really only works for Kentucky right now because they have the best athletes. So mm-hmm. when I'm looking at the next hire that I think is going to be a mid-major hire, I-, I want to know that they understand what style of basketball works at the high major level. And, you know, it'd be great if they already played that style that works. But if they don't, they need to 
clearly un- they need to understand that what they're doing doesn't work and have a very clear plan um, for, for what they're going to change. And, and that, that's what I'm really looking you know, towards. And that's why I do look at someone like um, Matt McMahon at, at Murray mm-hmm. state where it's like, yeah, that style will work right away. And will be incredible with Florida level athletes. Um or like a you know a Bob Ritchie who you know Florida tried to emulate when Mike White you know two years ago when when the offense wasn't working he went to say he went to Furman and said like hey what they're doing is is really working we think that could work and they you know tried to do that and had their best offensive year in the last five years so um, that's just the one thing like if you're trying to take a lesson from the Mike White hire um, and take it to the hire that's about to take place that would just be the one the one lesson I hope that Scott Strickland kind of see I know he didn't make the Mike White hire but one kind of that he can he can learn Eric I want to. McMahon oh. Murray, three M's. I told you. Yeah, 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 yeah. First rule yeah, of yeah, coaching yeah. searches. There's That's, no more M's. Yeah, we no more the M's. Board, fam. You're the <laughs> expert. I, I got yeah, it. Yeah. Please don't call him that. Um, Eric, <laughs> I, I've, Eric, I've got a question for you. Um, it seems, and I think that you've agreed. I know Neil kind of agreed last week that there's a, a definitely an, an, an aura of apathy around basketball some of it probably related to Mike White, some of it just in general. Um, do you think that there's a chance that, that there's a big name that Florida could go out there to drive, you know, kind of immediate excitement back into the Can program? Juwan Howard? No, I'm not thinking Jawan Howard, but, you know, <laughs> is, there, is there a big name uh, out there for the, for the taking? So, I mean, there's – I'll say the one you Besides said – Besides Coach K being recently retired, maybe we can call him <laughs> I mean, if you want, so people can talk about his age. They can talk about what he did, you know, years back. But the thing about Rick Pitino, I, I really think that there's people within the administration that are interested in hiring him. And the the lure, lure. there is like, um, th- like the, the lure there would be like, if you get Pitino, you are going into every game going forward, knowing you have an advantage at the coaching you position. Know, you know what else is going to happen? <laughs> uh, Strickland ain't going to be able to say, or whoever going to be able to say, uh, uh, we ain't cheating. <laughs> well i i mean you, you, you wonder cheat, too, you ain't trying eric you you wonder too like i mean he obviously like he he got slapped I like for, it. you know he got slapped for like doing for cheating before i just wonder like do you know is he going to do that again um you know he's someone who i wouldn't want to nil out now eric so you know yeah well and, and and then again the other name i mentioned it before like like scott drew at baylor like i mean i i it's kind of a ridiculous name just because he just won a national championship. He's got a really good team going into this NCAA tournament, but they've got two of their best player, players injured just so, so everyone knows when they're filling out their bracket. But oh, the thing really? is like the, the expectation, you know, is that like, like he sees college basketball and he knows that like the big 12 is not the sec and that, league is like the gap is only going to get bigger so this would be an opportunity to say like hey you see the money that's coming in um you know what college bat like like you know you're a forward thinking guy you play modern basketball think of what college sports is going to look like in 10 years or even five years um you want to be in the sec and that would be my pitch to someone like a scott drew and there was word that maybe he's already thinking that way to the point of maybe he was even talking to georgia and again if he was talking to georgia he better be talking to florida and and again as much as i don't think florida is looking to like shell out big money for like the marquee marquee name which would be scott drew um i i think perhaps if you you know you knew you had the slam dunk like that then maybe you uh then maybe that you know they'd be willing to pay so so that's the name i'd just be looking like hey you, you know you see where the big 12 is going you see where the sec is coming or you know going um you, you know get get in while you can really so mm-hmm. I, I would love for strickland to make that pitch and see what happens what's what's he making what kind of money would you think like seven eight million dollars a year 
Uh, no, I mean, you said for, you were kind of joking around with four or five for, for white earlier. Um, that's a lot more than, than he was making, you know, closer oh. to more like three, um, Baylor. I don't know if it's even public, public information for him, yeah. but, um, I think it might be, I think he was like around four. I, I, I'll have to check that, but, yeah. uh, facility and the one thing too, like facilities there have not, in, you know, Waco have not been very good. Um, they're just now they building a new, a new facility. Yeah. They're just now building a new facility for him, but, uh, you know, hey, it's 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 one of those things that like, you know, we talked about why Florida, you know, Eric Pastrana shouldn't be taking a pay cut to go from Oklahoma State to Florida. Um, you know, it, it should be a pretty clear situation, I think, where Florida should be able to make it work for a coach to go from from Baylor to Florida. Just just my opinion. Yeah, I just looked it up. Three point three five million as of a couple days ago. OK, now okay. I don't know what kind of his other incentives are in there, but. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that Florida could uh, could give that a boost and uh, and make that happen, and but uh, you know that's up for uh, that's up to Strickland to figure out, I guess. Mm. Eric, how quickly do you think that this search goes? I mean, obviously we have March Madness just around the corner, uh, starting on what Wednesday or Thursday. Um, do you think that this goes through the month of April? Um, obviously, it probably depends on the potential of of how far a team could go. But how quickly do you think we'll start hearing some names or hearing about some interviews? So right now Louisville is open. That would be probably, I guess, the the biggest opening you could argue in college basketball. Um, Maryland is also open, which is like a sneakily amazing job in in college basketball. So mm -hmm. that's a big. So those. So it's pretty much like right now it's going to be like Florida, Louisville, and Maryland are the players for the big names. So uh, I and with those names playing in the NCAA tournament, I don't think you kind of hear news for for a couple of weeks and maybe it's the the domino like again i think louisville and florida might be waiting to see what you know i won't say his name because it's got too many m's i've said it too many times on the podcast for nick but we'll see how far um that team where john morant played where's another m um we'll see how far they go um but he's gonna have his pick probably of, of where he goes maybe that's a domino there so you know i i don't think it's going to be in the next you know couple weeks i think it'll be more like months okay i think kind of what you're getting at though is that and it goes back to what you said the last time you were on the show, Florida shouldn't play. And it's something a lot of fans said um, during the football search, Florida shouldn't play second fiddle to anyone when it comes to a coaching search. And Hey, if you want to go and get triple M um, go ahead and do it. If you want to go and be like, Hey Roy, I know you like UNC and you've built a nice life there. Do you want to come to Gainesville? Like just ask worst case scenario. You say no, Roy but I think you kind of, yeah, I'm joking. I'm just. You said he retired, Nick. Just getting, just getting big. Um, you don't, you, you should, you should be able to ask anybody. Um, hey, Coach K, do you not want to retire? Do you want to retire to Florida and co co coach basketball? Um, I think that's kind of what you're getting at is that money shouldn't be a factor. You're kind of mm -hmm. saying it is based on the coaching pool and the facilities, but it shouldn't be a factor at Florida, a school that has. Um, you know, the, the final fours and, and the national championships. And a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. Money ain't an issue. I mean, that would be my opinion. And again, but again, it's just like, what, what do the actions show you? So we'll, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what the board really thinks and we'll see what kind of fan pressure is. But again, I think for, uh, if the, if, you know, if Scott Strickland really wants to uh, get hire the faucet search firm, you know, hire the faucet search firm. I would, I, I would be happy to do it for much less than, you know, all these other search firms. And I think I'd do a pretty good job, but again, it's like to, to make a splash. Is it like, like it's, for the casual fan here, it's like, okay, you hire the head coach at Furman. I mean, that excites like a nerd like me, but does that get, 
everyone else excited. Uh, not necessarily you go get Scott mm-hmm. Drew and suddenly, you know, you, you do make that splash. And uh, Florida's in a situation too where like, yeah, maybe you can get, um, you know, an up and comer, but are you ready for a couple more, you know, a, a season or two of the Odome, you know, not being filled up totally um, mm. or, you know, still kind of fan apathy. Um, I'd, I'd just be interested. I'll be, I'll, I'll be interested, but again, it just seems like right now, the uh, usually uh, provides a spark of fanship, no matter who the coach is. Yeah. So I think like, whatever change, I think they hit, they'll get the initial support in, in, in a nice crowded stadium. It'll well, be I do think that's, that that might be another reason why they try to go in the family with an Anthony Grant or, um, you know, or Rob Lanier that people would say, Hey, there's a you know, former assistant, you know, at Florida, there's someone in the family, there'll, there'll be some excitement there. So I could see that also being a, be a reason that, uh, they might go in that direction. Um, I personally am not a big fan of, uh, the, in the family hires. It has not worked out very well for a whole lot of teams across college basketball and saying that, you know, hiring in the family, like in the family usually is justification for they don't deserve the job, but right. they're in the family. I want someone sure. who deserves the job. <laughs> That's just my take. Um, but I know other people are going to be feel similar. And, and I mean, man, Mike Miller's name has been thrown out. I mean, he's someone. Uh, no, who, no, you no, know, no. That one in the family. I want that yeah. one. Down. Like, I want Mike to get that job. Chan- Chandler Parsons <laughs> just retired. Oh my goodness, uh, Chandler the Parsons staff's coming together. Yeah. Go. I definitely want Mike Miller uh, coach lead leading uh, the Gators in some capacity, bro. I wouldn't mind that whatsoever. I can tell oh. you right now that Chandler Parsons would take the job if offered. Don't think it will be offered, but Chandler Parsons would take what is, the what job. What is he at right now? He uh, he was in unfortunately was in a car accident, mm-hmm. um, and that forced him to medically retire from the NBA. Yeah. So he retired. So you, so you uh, go like just off the streets, just come coach the team. That's why Nick's not at a search firm. Listen, I am a noted basketball expert as Eric and coaching search expert as Eric said. I'm just providing my expertise. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. It's It's just an option. know that that Nick got to plug the Parsons if they run out of like options. (laughs) Maybe we can bring him on the show next week and we can make his case. Oh, you mean future head coach Chandler Parsons? We That's right. Yeah, well, at least we'd be well, a little well. bit more in than this last coaching staff. <laughs> um, Eric, I wanted to ask. We're talking now. We're, we're obviously talking about the future um, with the coaching search and with the way transferring um, is is easier now. Florida has a class that we have ranked at on three um, as the twenty sixth overall class. It dropped a little bit from twenty second after some re rankings, but. Malik Renew, if I'm saying that correctly, Jalen Reed out from California, and Denzel Aberdeen. What is the future with these three guys? How dependent is it on who is the coach? And and what would getting all three of these guys on campus mean for Florida in 2022-23? So I kind of feel like Malik Renew was going to go wherever Eric Pastrana was. Um, I think he knew that Pastrana was ready to jump to a, you know, a good program. Um, and, you know, the fact that it was Florida and he's from South Florida um, was a perfect match. I mean, can you keep that guy in state? Potentially. Um, again, I think that's when you get to a guy like that, who's like, was he was like the first cut from a, the McDonald's all American team, you know, high level guy. I, I think it's really going to depend who the, who the coach is there. Um, Denzel Aberdeen. I mean, he's someone who, you know, might've been elevated to a four star on your site. I'm not sure, but you know, was a three star in most places when, when the Gators kind of, you know, sign him or not signed 
when he got the commitment. Um, but he's from Orlando. So I think that that's someone like you look at like, okay, not like super, super high level recruit. Um, but you know, from Orlando, that definitely seems like someone who you could kind of have stick. And then, you know, Jalen Reed, this kind of pains me. He's my favorite player in the class. I, I think he's going to be just an absolute stud, but he's from California. So the thought of him, like feeling any need to kind of like stick to his commitment based on, you know, just the school and, and location, I, I'd love to say that's the case, but I'd have to think that, uh, um, he, he, I'd have to think that that's not the case. And, and I, I hope that whoever's next goes and tries to, you know, re-recruit him. Um, but I feel like that one will be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Breaking your heart there, Eric. Yeah. But, but the next is. coach, the next coach has a huge, um, will have a, a, a huge weight on their shoulders in terms of trying to rebuild this roster. You're going to be losing a number of players to graduation that were your one-year transfer guys. I think you can keep a couple, you know, but for the most part, you're going to be out there re-architecting this roster almost immediately. They're going to probably have to go out and grab what, at least three or four players from the transfer portal just to have the, the roster numbers, assuming that nobody leaves, which is a bad assumption, right? So you're going to probably see, you know, at least, five transfers in the uf next year i would imagine right absolutely and and that's really just you know college basketball like the average on these high major teams is like three to four already you add in a coaching change and the fact that the gators are so senior laden they were already set for like you said like four or five or even six so and and again this is kind of one of those things like with the transfer portal the way it is like that's why i just think that with florida's next coaching hire like X's and O's, you know, schematic coaching is just so high on it, it's so high on my priority list. And I think it should be because like it's just so much easier to get established talent. I I I would almost go as far as to say as recruiting is going to be overrated. This isn't football where you like land these guys and they're on your campus for you know four or five years. Like these guys are like usually at a spot for like one or two. So I just think like again looking at like texas tech who just had like somehow was able to um have an awesome season where like florida got their first pick of evan from the transfer portal texas tech got you know the 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 next tier of guys and and look where they are now you know dominant because they've got you know an excellent coach who was able to recruit to a style of play and knows Mm -hmm. how to use them like i I just think like x's and like like for the last you know few years before the transfer portal kind of exploded it's like yeah you could like out recruit your league and win that way i don't think anyone's out recruiting any league now because if you don't get the high school guys you'll get the transfers and talent is is so much more equal now and now you're really seeing in college basketball who can coach and and who can't and i do think that florida got left behind a little bit in in that area and that's why we're at the situation we're, we're at um so it just kind of reiterates to me with the portal that like florida needs someone who can coach like yes you you need to recruit you need to get talent but honestly like talent evaluation now is is almost more important than like going out and being able to beat out you know other big name programs for the best player it's 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 talent evaluation in the portal now that's so important and um being able to utilize those guys interesting the um we obviously talk about the transfer portal or mostly with, with football, but it seems like it's almost affected basketball more than football, which makes sense because you've got a smaller roster um, and you've got guys like you said, that are playing at two, three schools um, in a, in a college career. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, look at the, uh, look at the bracket. Gonzaga's a, a, a one seed, you know, uh, they have transfers, Arizona transfers, um, 
Kansas transfers. Um, like you just like up and down the top teams in college basketball. Again, like we kind of went on before. And of course I ended up being really wrong, but you know, some people were like, Oh, it's crazy that Florida had so many transfers this year. And it was kind of just like, well, look at the rest of college basketball. Baylor wins a national championship and then they go on and take a bunch more transfers. Like that is just the way kind of things are, things are built. And I also think it's kind of easier to project out of high school in football, who's, you know, a legitimate player and, and who's not, I, I feel like it's still a little bit more of a little bit more randomness in the basketball side. So teams, a lot of programs struggle with high school recruiting and a lot of the best players in college basketball were not top 100 players or not even top 300 players. So um, it's it just, it's, 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 there's a bunch of things that kind of set up to be a, a transfer portal world, but um, that's what we're living in. I think everyone is, is kind of building that way. Um, it's making talent across the SEC and across college basketball way more even. And uh, that's when like, like now is when we're really seeing who can coach. And I think it's only going to be more the case moving forward. Interesting. Well, Eric, my friend, we will definitely, I know you are our most featured guest on this podcast, but we know for a fact you will be on at least once, if not twice more over the next couple of weeks and couple of months as this search uh, continues on. But as always, we really appreciate uh, the opportunity to chat with you. Remind everybody if they don't already, you should, but remind everybody where they can listen to your podcast and follow you on social media. Yeah, the podcast is Florida Basketball Hour with Neil Blackman from Saturday Down South. Uh, my Twitter is at efaucet7. And uh, hey, if no one's got anything better to do on Wednesday, um, the Gators are hosting that game at uh, you know 9 p.m. tip um, mm-hmm. against Iona and Rick Pitino. So I know that uh, that's going to be a you know just raucous atmosphere in the O-Dome. So, yeah. uh, but again, thanks for having me on, guys. As always, always a pleasure. And uh, look, 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 looking forward to seeing how this coaching search all shakes out. I can't, I can't wait for the Rick Patino coming out like what was it Sting or Hulk Hogan coming out and <laughs> with with a with a black tie all of a sudden taking it off switching to the orange and blue tie walking to the other side in in front of dozens in the O Dome <laughs> dozens <laughs> Silk my apologies oh. for cutting you off no no you're good man I'm just looking forward to liking basketball again man it, it feels great you know what about Eric Fawcett, assistant basketball coach. Eric Fawcett, head of analytics for Florida basketball. That would be a position I would, I would, I would listen to. I would, you know, I, I, I <laughs> don't, don't overplay yeah. your hands. Sorry, That's don't right. overplay your hands. I, I would, I would entertain. <laughs> I would entertain the interview. Well, yes, Eric, we appreciate it so much, my friend. Thanks so much. All right, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate that. Eric Fawcett. Well, boys, we have had a long, long, long show already. So just want to knock out a couple pieces of housekeeping here uh, before we move on. We also got to finish a little football talk. but Yeah, yeah. Wanna go go ahead. Um, we had left off when we were talking about position groups that we were excited about. Uh, and while you do that, um, Silk, I want to find a, a tweet that I was looking for. Yeah, you left quite the duty in my hands right there, man. Um what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, position battles that or, or positions we wanted to. I, I, I was speaking about DB. I think I was talking about Devin Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's a good recall. Brain, yeah, it sure was. Brain yeah, exercise. Especially this far into the podcast. Right, yeah. right. And especially because, you know, uh, festivities and whatnot. Um, I saw where you were early this morning. <laughs> right, 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 right. So shout out to that. <laughs> Uh, so I think running back Nick spoke up already. Um, that's gonna be very interesting uh, for a lot of for a lot of reasons. Uh, I am excited to see Bowman and Linger get just mm-hmm. you know on uh, some carries to see how they play in the spring game all together. I'm ready to see a normal spring game and none of the shenanigans of 
uh, scripted plays and celebrity uh, sightings, you know, the goofy shit. Just excited to see a normal spring atmosphere. Uh, quarterback. I mean, we talk about a lot of competition. We got new names on campus. Um, new coach. Everybody's curious what Emory's going to do, what, what mm-hmm. things are going to look like. Uh, is AR healthy? What is he doing? Um, I think quarterback is, is, is one we're not all talking about, but very interesting. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think you guys have echoed a lot of what I was going to say, but one of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing is the development of the offensive line. Uh, you return some some strong players. I feel players. good about O-line, man. I yeah, feel good. I did. This is probably the first time in, in quite some time that we felt relatively confident. You return some old starters. Uh, you have some continued development of guys like Josh Braun and Ethan White. You still have Richard Garage. You add in Osiris Torrance, who's an all-conference player. Uh, you add in a guy like Cam Waits. Uh, and then you see, you know, hopefully continued development of, you know, Michael Tarquin and the rest. So I'm actually excited to see what this offensive line could be. I think that you're going to see some, you know, improvement there and and you know with with two coaches obviously there's going to be a huge uh you know onus on development there and and I'm excited to see what this offensive line could be because you just enhance so much of you know quarterback play that's maybe not up to par or running back play that's not you know spectacular uh by being able to have a good offensive line that can block for an extra half a second or a second you know depending uh you know on, on the play obviously but you know from where we could potentially see some growth uh you know on the offensive line to make the you know the offense continue on you know their path and then you know certainly you're replacing some folks on on, you know, the defensive line that, you know, Florida definitely is going to, you know, need some, some where we're going to need to see who really steps into those roles and, you know, defensive tackle and defensive end and being able to get to the running back or into the quarterback, pardon me, uh, you know, with the loss of Zach Carter, obviously you lose Truesdale, or Truesdale uh, Newkirk and Valentino. Um, you know, I think that Florida is excited about, you know, some of the players that are are there, you know, your Gervon Dexters, et cetera, but you still want to see them continue to develop. And, you know, you're replacing a lot of starts and a lot of plays on that defensive line. So I'm excited about what we might be able to see on the, on both sides of the uh, the uh, line of skirmish. I think it's a big year for Prince Lee Um mm-hmm. Kind of get get out of Zach Carter's shadow. Um, I think Brenton Cox led the team last year in tackles for loss, led the team in, in sacks, and you lose a guy like Zach, and now you focus all the attention on him. You need a guy to take that attention off of him, or you're going to be a guy that if they still want to um, key in on Brenton, uh, avoided a pause moment there, Silk. If they still want to key in on Breton, um, you're going to have one-on-ones on the other side. So I think it's a big year for Princely, um, bad year for, for Gervon Dexter. And, and he's a guy I think that you you can play him multiple spots. Um, and then another name I'm hearing that I think we'll see starting next to him right now is Jalen Lee. Um, we saw him start in the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guys when I did the depth chart breakdown where I was like, ooh, Defense might be rough, um, but it's guys like Jalen Lee where, you know, hey, maybe maybe they are good. We just haven't seen them yet. So uh, a lot of prove-it seasons, I think, for a bunch mm-hmm. of guys on the team. Yeah, uh, I don't want to, like, people to forget how, how big of a loss Chris Bowler was. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge. So I think Lloyd Summerall and the guys uh, behind my man Brenton Cox – Gonna have to grow up uh, pretty fast here. I think that was a huge loss. Um, and in the SEC, you got to have more than one guy. You got to be able to spell guys. 
so I, I want to see the maturation of those guys also. Um, we, we know we got some a dog that's starting. Um, well, I, I like Brent Cox. I'm not going to call him a dog yet. He got to earn the dog label. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got we got a good guy uh, as a starter with that weak side defensive end or outside linebacker, whatever they're calling him in this defense. Um, but whoever's behind him is going to have to show something uh, because of attrition, uh, rotation, a lot of things. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I do want to uh, let you know some of the numbers of some of the new guys that are uh, coming into the University of Florida uh, for their first practice tomorrow. Montreal Johnson, pardon me, the, the running back, uh, will be wearing number two. Kamari Wilson is number five. Chris McClellan is number seven. Jalen Kimber, number eight. Jack Miller, 10. Devin Moore, number 28. Osiris Torrance, 54. And Cameron Waits, 75. Devin Moore, man. Watching that kid, bro. That's my guy. That's uh Silk's man crush list. I'm not gonna go that far, Dick. Um sounds like it. It's my guy. I like uh, uh you know what I'm saying? Pick one guy you. every class. That's my guy this class. Uh and I'm a DB at heart, so uh, I think he's gonna climb up some depth charts. Absolutely. Uh, well, before we end the show, do want to give a congratulations, and we meant to do this at the beginning of the show, uh, but the uh, women's track team uh, won the NCAA National Championship in the indoor competition. Uh, that is their first – or pardon me, that is their second overall uh, national title in track and field. Their first under coach, Mike Holloway, who now – Uh, adds to his list and has 11 total national championships in track and field at the University of Florida. So obviously a GOAT, uh, but congratulations to the women's uh, track team. Uh, Baseball went three and one last week. They are now ranked number nine in the country uh, by D1 Baseball. Uh, Weather looks Quite miserable Tuesday night, uh, but if they are available to eligible available to play, uh, they will be hosting number eight Florida State. Uh, I like the Florida Gators. State is ten and five. Just had a series win over Wake Forest as the ACC started conference play last week. So Florida will start also start SEC play this week. Uh, so big week Florida State Tuesday scheduled, obviously weather permitting, uh, and then they're up in Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide and uh, kick off SEC play. Well, perfect. Uh, Gator softball, uh, as we mentioned earlier, is 22-2. and uh, Did lose yesterday to Mississippi State, but is currently playing uh, right now. Um, a lot of exciting stuff happening in Gator sports. Uh, men's tennis is 11-2. and Women's tennis is 9-4. and Swimming and diving have started off the season strong. Uh, we have gymnastics uh, to look forward to. Trinity Thomas uh, is a finalist for the annual AAI Award, uh, which um, is the American Athletic Inc. Uh, honor, which is given to one student athlete. She's one of six finalists. So best of luck to her. Uh, men's baseball is hitting their stride. And then, yeah, that's about all we've got going on right now. Silk. Take us in the landscaped ad read. And then I think you have song of the week this week. Oh, word up to that. Shout out to the greatest, uh, the greatest of the great folks at manscaped.com. Uh, be sure to use coupon code 20SG at checkout for 20% off free shipping. Uh, 
it's, it's full-fledged ball deodorant season out here. Um, it went from 85 degrees to, like, really cold, but South Florida is warming right back on up. It's springtime. I did my official spring cleaning today. And also, I got to do my spring shaving uh, with the lawnmower 4.0. Keep everything smooth, man. New season. You know what I'm saying? New reason for to get that lawnmower 4.0 out. Um, coupon code SG at checkout. 20 SG, but yeah. 20 SG. Yeah, take care of your family jewels. They take care yeah. of you. Beyond that, uh, they also have like a foot deodorizer, if that's something that you're into. They have deodorant. They have body spray. That's like a moisturizing body spray. You can't uh, be got- out here funky is what we're no. trying to tell you. Yeah. No. Now, I've smelled some of you guys that are tailgates and stuff like that. So Oof. talking to you, if you think this ad's about you, it is. You're so, too grown to be musty, man. Too grown to be musty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So take us out with the song of the week. Song of the week. Uh, I'm going to go some R&B. So I'm going to go something soft. I'm going to go nothing too crazy. Right, it's a family show. Oh, oh, oh I did it there. Oh, I did Ahmad. 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 Ahmad Black, my bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tiger got out of the cage. Um, <laughs> Tiger got out of the cage. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, let me get some Anita Baker, man. Let me get some Anita Ooh. Baker good love. How about mm. that? That's my baby. Uh, big Anita Baker. Same corner, same time? Same corner, same time. Already. See you boys next week. Already.
I don't understand. 